Go. Go. Oh, um, hi. Uh, my name is Mary O'Reilly O'Toole O'Shea. And, Don't be uh, nervous. Somewhere out there is the island my friend Muffy on. It's spring break, and she's invited us over there for the weekend. And we're waiting for the ferry now to take us there. And uh, I, I don't know what else to say. Why don't you tell us something hey, about yourself? Oh, all right. Something about myself. Um, I want to work with handicapped children. Um. My parents are my best friends. Oh, and I, I start convent school next semester. And I fuck on the first day. <laughs> April Fool's. Whoa, Nikki, baby, you're outrageous. They know how to make you smile. You're already here, why don't you stay a while? Kick back, relax, you freaks. They're playing all the tricks and taking all of the treats. Grab a whiskey and hang on tight. Smoke that bong with all your might. They write books, but that ain't all. One's short and smooth and one is hairy and tall. There's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. They argue about everything and then drive each other so insane. Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. It's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. Best buds talking book of the week and all the horror stuff that they think is neat. Hanging loose doing ridiculous reads. Not because we deserve it, because it's what we need. Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. They argue about everything and drive each other so insane. Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. It's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. Welcome to Vital Social Issues and Stuff uh, and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne. I, of course, am John Wayne with me as always, Christopher Triana. Christopher Triana. What's up, Hello. My man? Hello, boys and girls. How's everyone today? Yay. <sighs> Good. We love you. It's that studio audience again. That's you just, know. We need some canned laughter. That's what we need, you know? Yeah, well, we passed that out. The cans of laughter to the people on the way out, like yeah. an Oprah gift. But yeah, but they didn't open it, so that's the problem. Yeah, that doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. Because it doesn't matter. we don't need those motherfuckers. Because we have a very, very special guest. Um, mm -hmm. he's actually here at the Triana compound. Uh, we're not in the same room because we're having echo problems, but he is in the same building. <laughs> he's in my place, uh, and. This van is uh, my, my oldest and dearest friend, and he also happens to be uh, a co-owner and head editor of Blue Juice Comics and Blue Juice Productions. Uh, they put out my first book, Growing Dark, uh, and Accelerators and several others, uh, and he's also done a lot of camera work on television and in movies uh, and anywhere else where you would need a camera, uh, you know, like... Uh, Maybe maybe your bathroom, maybe your bedroom on a special night. He's there. 
He's yeah. you may not see him, but he's there. You'll know by the little red dot that's glowing. Uh, <laughs> that's how you know a good cameraman is that you that's, don't know. You do. There. You do. You know, that's the way, right? No, the the, the multi-talented, uh, uh, dear to my heart, Mr. Thomas Mum. Hello, hello, everybody. Hello. Happy to very happy to be here. It's, I've been listening to you guys for a while, and it's very exciting to be here with you. Thanks to welcome. It's nice to, like we, uh, we were saying earlier, it's nice to VRLU. You and I have yep. talked by email earlier, but uh, we haven't actually even seen each other. Uh, I hope this we've is what you expected. Together. We've worked yeah, together. We've worked together. That's right. We worked together on a, 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 Trian, a Christopher Triana joint, some would say. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did some uh, John Wayne's voice work. He's doing a, a couple of voice work for Growing Dark for the audiobook that's hopefully coming out later this year. And you knocked it out of the park, man. The uh, oh, you yeah. did two stories in that book and you killed it. Thank you so much, Joe. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Um, I'm really digging that. I've got a lot of uh, like uh, narration gigs since then. Like I've got them constantly lined up right now. So I just finished yeah, one that's, that's just good, waiting man. to be approved. I hope that, yeah. Good. I I hope. You doing the book for us sparked a lot of those other ones too. That'd be great if it's you know if you were able to kind of you know make some money off of it after after you worked with us and you know turn it into something real. Yeah, that's exactly. Well, you know, it's like you, I'm plugging in all my uh, my keys and all my tools that I, I know how to do to you know make some keep this keep this boat rolling, keep this ass afloat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> It's not, I mean, I make it look like it's all, you know, nipples and neck tattoos, but, you know, you got to do, uh, you got to work a lot for that, you know? You know, right, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> I know so much about neck tattoos. You don't even, you don't even know. I'm talking and about nipples. Work, I, I'm talking about working <laughs> hard, you know, it's an, you know, an analogy. Yes. <laughs> so Chris and I, Chris and I were talking about it earlier and, um, we just realized that we've known each other how many years has it been now like we met when you were 19 i think and i was yes. maybe 24 yes uh so now yeah, like about about 15 years yeah roughly 15 years we used to um when chris was 19 and i was of age we used to drink together he was my drinking buddy for a few years before he was 21 allegedly and, uh, <laughs> no he was definitely underage and he used yes. to just walk in with his fedora and his trench coat and oh, he looked no. a little bit older, oh, no. so they would just and he'd walk in with me, and we just would sit at Applebee's and get drunk. Yep. You had a trench coat and a fedora. Were you were you Humphrey Bogart? Were you solving a mystery? Or what I was. That? I was. Well, it went well with my my Groucho glasses and little fake mustache and my Humpty Hump nose. That, oh, that way rest in power, was, dude. Chuck D. Rest in power, man. That's how they. That's why they thought I was grown up and I could and I could drink because I wore all that and I had a little briefcase. <laughs> And, and a big bag, and a big magnifying glass, so like like solve crimes. A pencil and you know? a stash and <laughs> shit. Speaking of solving crimes, Chris was in my wedding party, and uh, Chris, I don't know if you remember this story, but um, all of the uh, all the best men, you know, all the people in my wedding party would give a little speech when we were at the reception. Chris is dressed in a tux, and he goes. Everyone else give like all these heartfelt speeches about how great everybody is. And Chris basically gets up and goes, he's like, I'm in a tuxedo. So I feel like I have to say someone on this train is a murderer. And nobody fucking laughed except for me. <laughs> oh, damn. Dude. Well, no, though, the other groomsmen guys, they laughed like you guys laughed. And everyone else just kind of like stared at me like what? And I was like. Why do you people hate movies? So I was like, come on. You know what you should have done uh, in comedy, classic rules, set it louder again. 
So right. Then they, yeah, then they would have known it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> or just say it over and over and over like you do. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. yeah, but I I have a finesse in timing. It becomes funny again. Yeah. It becomes funny. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So That's I guess awesome. you guys... I guess this is the let's tell embarrassing stories about Chris show. What? Uh, which is which is okay, fun. Okay, let's go. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Tom has many of them, I'm sure. <laughs> I got another one. Got another one. Um, when we were, yeah. So Chris and I used to hang at Applebee's and drink like oh, big Christ, giant he's really, beers. He's really doing one. He's I'm really... really going there. Yeah, this is happening. <laughs> hey, he's so a special guest, dude. We he were, has the floor. That's right. We were, we were, because uh, Chris and I used to work together at Blockbuster, so that's embarrassing enough. That's where we met. I was a manager at Blockbuster. He was a what was it? CSR is what it was called, and that's where we yeah, met. And that's yeah. like. Sure. You a robot? Does that does that yeah. mean you were a robot? Customer yeah. service representative. Yes. Oh, okay. I was like, I thought it was like cyber service robot, like blockbuster. I don't know. But that's why we had to go to Applebee's and get drunk after our shift every time because it was so fucking soul sucking to work at Blockbuster. It was. Um, but one time it, it was Valentine's Day and I had just met uh, who is now my wife, but back then was a girl who was also okay. working at a different Blockbuster who I ended up marrying. Nice. So it was Valentine's Day, and I got her this big bouquet of flowers. Yeah, you know where I'm going with this already. I oh, got yeah. this big bouquet of flowers. We And in between shit, you know, after Blockbuster, we went to Applebee's, and we got hammered while I think she was maybe on her shift. And we're driving home, and Chris is like, I'm not really feeling so well. And he has the flowers in his lap. Mm-hmm. And he basically is like, I'm not, I'm not feeling – you need to pull over. You need to pull over. And I start pulling over, and he just – now this is a girl that I'm courting, like I'm courting and dating this girl at this point. Yeah, he, yeah, and I, this is our first Valentine's Day together, and I got her this big bouquet of flowers, and he just fucking hurls yep. right into the middle of the flowers as he's trying to get the door open. So it's all over my car, all over the flowers. So we like clean up the car. He gets out of the car and is still throwing up. I'm cl- I literally had to clean like every petal of flower. And then brought it home to my. You still my wife. gave her the vomit like, flowers. Did she know? <laughs> she did. did she know you gave her vomit flowers? Oh, okay, okay. I thought it'd be a grand reveal on this show. Like, nope. This is how nope. she finds out. Well, yeah. I want to just clarify. To be fair, when I first you're, told you're gonna you, you're going to tell your you, side of the story. You're going to tell your I side am. of the story. Yes. Told it no, no. You told it accurately, but uh, I, I, I told you you need to pull over, and you were like, Nah, it's fine, because you were fucked up too. And, and you were like, we shouldn't have been driving, but you're like, nah, you're, you're like, no, nah, you're, you're okay. It's fine. You'll be fine. I'm like, no, you need to pull over. So I, I had to like tell you a, a, like at least more than once that you needed to pull over. <laughs> and then, then like, I was trying to get out of the, the, the car and it just, I couldn't hold it back any longer. And I puked all over the flowers. Yeah. yeah. So yep. it's my fault. So it's my fault. I didn't pull over quick enough. Oh yeah, it's totally her fault. Absolutely, yeah. and you know, and it's her fault for expecting flowers for Valentine's Day. Yeah, I blame I blame the two of you more than I blame myself. So, dude, <laughs> dude on this uh, past trip when uh, Nick and I, I think we were driving to Vegas. Nick P, shouts out. Oh. Uh, he has a um, eight. I think we're nine ten nine eleven into the show. Um, so he uh, he has a lap band. So sometimes like the when he eats something like he it can clog it and he has to like puke like everything up to unclog like his fucking lap like his hole he calls it so what? yeah yeah like what? like if you eat too fast or some shit like it clogs up like because he has a lap band so if you eat too fast it gets clogged in that reduced like space or whatever 
I don't. I mean, I mean, I'm not a scientist here, man. I'm I don't just, know. I, I was just yeah. trying to clarify. So I don't understand either. That's all. Yeah. Is, so is this it, something inside, like inside yeah. his stomach, or is yeah, it? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, they tie off like a part of your stomach, I think. So, like, you know, like you you get full faster. So if you so his stomach fast, is stapled. His stomach yeah. is stapled. Okay. Yeah. I had not like, heard yeah, it called I'm a lap band before. Yeah, it's like a different. It's like different, but the same. You know, it's like uh, GoBots and Transformers or some shit. Right, Who knows? Right. Ghostbusters and real Ghostbusters, but anyway, so he like oftentimes fucks will fuck up and like eat too fast and just like have to throw everything up. So we're driving and he like he's like he was driving and it's it's the middle of the night. He's like, hey man, hand me one of those bags. And I was like, huh? And I had him a plastic bag. He's like, I got my I got some stuck in my hole. And he just like opens the bag, pukes in it. I'm laughing. He starts laughing. He ties it up on the steering wheel, rolls down the like let the window down and goes to throw it and it goes and like gets caught like where the window like the open window oh, between the door and outside it's just like, <laughs> and we're dying laughing and he's like slapping at it like it's like a bat that flew in the window so like you finally get it going and uh and then it just went in the back hit the fucking uh ground to puke everywhere um oh, God. so we have like you don't have to feel embarrassed chris i'm not embarrassed <laughs> i'm not embarrassed he fuck, owns it fuck he both owns you it. and fuck the flowers i don't give a shit <laughs> you no. know, should, we shouldn't. I, I felt up. bad. I felt bad at the time. Uh, now it's just funny. <laughs> you know, it's just funny. Exactly. Yeah. I did. Uh, feel bad. I have one more funny story, if I can. Oh, Not embarrassing. Please. Just funny. Indulge. Just funny. <laughs> You're the man. Dude. No, this was good, Chris. This is good. All right. So uh, I was, I was in, um, I guess it was Connecticut or somewhere, um, New Hampshire, wherever we were for uh, Chris's. I was in his wedding party, and. Yes. We went to a casino for the bachelor party at Mohegan Sun or something like that. I don't remember yes, where it was. Yes. Yeah. And Chris and I are sitting at a blackjack table. We're playing blackjack. And he's not really a gambler. We're just sitting there hanging out. And all of a sudden, like an Eddie Money song comes on. And we're listening, you know, in the background, Eddie Money's playing, blah, blah, blah. And then we're playing for like, I don't know, an hour. And we realize that every song is like an Eddie Money song. And Chris turns to me and goes, this is like a bad Eddie Money cover band. Yeah, because it wasn't because it was a band performing. It wasn't just like it wasn't just on the overhead. It was a band performing uh, that we couldn't see. Yeah, it was, it was Eddie Money, wasn't it? Was it the Thank real you. Eddie Money? Uh, yes. I see what you mean, Chris. He does steal the punchline. He does. He, he just it. interrupts and steals the punchline. He does. He does every time. Every time we walk it, around, we finish playing blackjack. We walk around the corner, and then this like amphitheater. It's Eddie Money with a saxophone, just full out you know 300 pound eddie money playing yeah. saxophone and it was it was a it was eddie money yeah, it was eddie money yeah. so the whole rest of the weekend we bought the eddie money like greatest hits and we were just playing eddie money the whole weekend yeah we were it was funny because we were like man this whoever this band is they're just butchering eddie money <laughs> and then we went and we were like oh it's eddie money because <laughs> the band sounded good but he sounded terrible was the thing the band was like on point sounded fine but he was like yeah you know, like whatever an eddie money song is like he said yeah Paradise. sounded like that sounded good <laughs> yeah yeah and, that was and then i felt bad later because i found out like he had had a stroke or whatever and i was like oh okay so that's why <laughs> i don't feel well yeah, he did he did he yeah. had a stroke before I mean, it wasn't your I... fault it wasn't your fault he had a yeah. stroke unless it was well was it I... And maybe I did puke well, all like over that night, life's that flowers. Night <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um,
Ahmed Beatty died. I just want to acknowledge no that. No shit. Yeah. Died today. Yeah, he died uh, of some deliverance and many other things. Oh, uh, man. But... I didn't know that. No, Ted, uh, Ned Beatty was fucking great, man. A very underrated actor. I love that guy. Yeah. Rest in power. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Otis, man. Otis from Superman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from the toy and from uh, Spring Forward is a great uh, indie film that most people don't know about that he's great in. He was great on Roseanne as Dan Connor's father. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's he was a very underrated actor. Yeah, no, he that's you, that's too bad. You've seen Deliverance, right? Of course, I've seen Deliverance. What am oh, I, an okay. asshole? I've been to the no, Burt I mean, Reynolds Museum in Jupiter, I, uh, Florida. Okay. You think I haven't seen Deliverance? Did you think that Ned Beatty got in shape for that sex scene he had? Shut the fuck up. How dare you call? Do you think? How dare you, do you think he got a, into? Whoa, whoa, whoa! How dare you call a rape scene in a movie a sex scene? Are well, you trying I mean, to yeah. get canceled? Is that what you? Are you trying well, to get whatever? Canceled? You know, I, I was just trying to dance around it. But would you think he got in shape for that rape scene he was in because he had to get like naked and shit? Anyway, moving on. I think it's time for our first segment. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I think it's time for our first segment, which is, of course, book of the week. <laughs> Book. Book. Book of the week. Uh, and as we've been doing, uh, we've been very lucky in that all of our books of the week recently, we have had someone who was involved in either writing or producing the book that we're going to discuss. Uh, and this week, we're talking about a comic book series uh, that just happens to be from Blue Juice Comics. And we're talking, of course, about Anne Bunny. And, and <laughs> yes, we hear our, our crowds going wild. Uh, and Bonnie is a comic book from Blue Juice, and Tom, of course, is the head editor and co-owner of the company. Uh, and they've just come out with uh, their latest episode, uh, latest latest issues of And Bonnie. Issue ten is uh, and eleven from the depths. I'm holding one of them up right now for those of you who are watching. Uh, and so, yeah, Tom, tell us a little bit about And Bonnie and what Anne is all about. Um, Pirate's Magic Adventure. It's a pirate fantasy. I know this uh, isn't necessarily the right thing for maybe a horror podcast, but it's. Uh, but but I do like the um, I, I I do like that you guys are are picking books that of people who are on the show, which is cool. Thank you for that. Uh, so it's it's a tale of a young girl named Ariana who uh, wants to be a pirate, and um, she's following the legends of Anne Bonny, the famous Anne Bonny. But it's. So it's not the real Ambani, it's a fantasy world, um, you know, with magic and, and pirates and everything else. Um, and she's just navigating her way through that world. Yeah. And I mean, this is, a, you know, this is a primarily a horror podcast, but although Ambani isn't horror, it is in the fantastical realm. And the fantastical mm-hmm. realm c- covers horror, fantasy, sci-fi. I mean, it, although it is a pirate uh, story, I mean, there's a lot of the supernatural going on in Bonnie as well. Yes. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we released <laughs> volume one and volume two, and then we took a little bit of a hiatus and uh, volume three is coming out now with a new creative team and issue 10 came out last month and issue 11 comes out June 16th, this Wednesday. I don't know when this airs, but June, um, June 16th. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to bring up the, this fact I like here. I'm holding um, one of the graphic novels, uh, this is volume two, and it's actually called Monsters and Magic. So although, you know, it, like I, I just wanted to make it clear that it does take place in a fantastical world where you have uh, 
monsters and magic. You have this kind of uh, fables and like this Dungeons and Dragons type world with goblins and wizards and things like that. And it is an all ages book too. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, if your kids are starting to read and they want to get into kind of a, an all ages magical fantasy world, it's, it's perfect. Yeah. And this and is the, one of and many... the art is amazing. The art is amazing. Yes, Nick Justice, is. The art is beautiful. Um, art. Um, he did the pencils and inks for this issue and, um, Rebecca McConnell did the colors and it's just, it's vibrant and it just pops off the page. Yeah, Chris really is beautiful. showing some right now on the yeah for YouTube. For those for those of you who are watching the video, you can see some of the images right now. And if you're if you're listening, you can go to uh, bluejuice.com, uh, right? Bluejuicecomics.com. Bluejuicecomics.com, and you can see all the images right. on there. Um, and you guys at Blue Juice, you do a lot of different stuff. You have several other comic titles, including Accelerators, which we've talked about. Uh, and yeah, I was also, gonna say we. We had featured another, that. That's what I was going to bring up. We'd featured another uh, title earlier in the, the right, season right. Or, or show. I mean. Yeah, thank you for that. Right, but you have a, a few other titles as well. Um, do you want to tell us about those? Yeah. Uh, so we have uh, Ether and Empire, which is like a steampunk sci-fi, like Jules Verne meets Star Trek. That we have one volume of, which is six issues. Uh, so that came out a couple years ago, and then we're doing. Um, uh, the pandemic was kind of a little rough for comic book stores and comic publishing in general. So we just kind of took that time to kind of stockpile some art and stockpile some things. So we do have a lot coming out in 2021. Accelerators Volume 4 just came out at the beginning of the year and Bonnie's running now. Our next book is going to be Billy the Kit, which is about a gunslinging rabbit who is trying to um, <laughs> take revenge on the tornado god that killed his family. So, you know, it's a documentary. <laughs> and uh <laughs> it's based on so your that's uh coming out soon yeah exactly based on it's it's an autobiographical and um so that's coming out soon um the guys who did that justin gray and barry mclean they just had a really successful kickstarter and we saw the book on kickstarter and loved the art and we've worked with barry before so we picked it up and we're going to release that at the end of the year and then um <clears throat> very happy that uh our other book knights of the fifth dimension which we've been literally working on for years uh, is coming out and that's created by um, Casey Van Heel and Walter Flanagan. So I worked for seven years on a show called comic book men, which mm -hmm. is Kevin Smith's uh, comic book store in Red Bank, New Jersey. I was the audio guy on that show for seven years. Very cool. And that is actually kind of why we started making comics because Chris, I mean, you and I have been trying to make films forever and you know, yeah. we we've been doing the side hustle of you've been writing. We've been trying to make movies and we always had scripts that we had that were great and we could never get financing, never get them on people's desks. And when I was on season one of comic book, man, I was sitting around the comic book store going 30 days a night is a movie. History of violence is a movie. You know, this is walking dead is big now. And it's like, why don't we just turn some of our screenplays into comic books? And that's kind of how we started publishing literally knew nothing about how to make a comic book. Uh, I literally had to research it. And I think kind of being naive about it helped us get distribution and helped us get in and, and it just kind of went from there. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's uh, although you didn't know going into it, you've been working on it for years now, and it and um, they're they're extremely professional looking. I mean, you're talking about color pages throughout. Uh, you know, so it's not uh, it it doesn't feel like an amateur effort at all. You guys have really perfected your art. Uh, these are gorgeous comic books, gorgeous um, graphic novels with really cool stories. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, the indie comic scene is so 
vibrant. It's so awesome. I mean, it's kind of like the indie publishing scene and what you guys are dealing, what you guys do too. It's mm. it's such a great world, you know. And we were doing conventions for a long time, and they were awesome. Chris, actually, you joined us in New York Comic Con a couple right. years ago and sat at the booth with us. I can't wait for cons to come back. Uh, I know John Wayne, you're doing a bunch of them now, but I think they're gonna start coming back fully, like in October. So. Yeah, yeah, I've been fully engorged since October on them and my super spreader <laughs> tour across the yeah. country. <laughs> yeah. Kissing hairdressers and shaking hands. <laughs> I didn't realize how much I missed it until it was gone. You know, oh, like because it's always such a. It, it's always such a thing to load in and set up and get everything ready and, you know, kind of schmooze and glad hand the whole time and mm. talk to people and sell books and everything. And then as soon as it went away, I was like, God, I missed that. Yeah. 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 I, was, I was telling Chris, I played a gig for the first time in front of people like two Fridays ago and it was like, fuck, man, I missed that so much. So yeah. I get you, man. I feel you. Yeah, I went to a, I went to a Mets game on Friday because my son wanted to go to a Mets game. So I, I took I'd never been to City Field. So I took him and I'll tell you, man, when the national anthem played, it was like goosebumps. Just a crowd of people, national anthem going. It was like oh, man. goosebumps. That's cool. Like the fact that. Yeah. Like, you guys got 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 down on one knee, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to. <laughs> Couldn't help myself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, uh, anyway, I think we should, on that, we should move on to our next segment. Uh, and that, of course, is everybody's favorite. And this uh, this week, we've uh, Tom's going to be doing it for us. And, of course, uh, Tom is also the Tom Mum of the Mum Library, the famous Mum Library, uh, which donated several books to Ridiculous Reads on my end. Uh, and so that brings us to Ridiculous Reads. Ridiculous reads, ridiculous reads. Mm -hmm. So a quick story about the mom library. Um, when I was in middle school, the library in my middle school had a huge bin set up in the middle of the library where you can come in and you can get all the books that the local bookstores had, you know, didn't sell. So what they would do is they ripped the cover off and they'd give them to the local library. So I just would grab anything that was a movie, you know, anything at all that was a movie back then, which is why most of the ones that I sent to Chris don't have covers, including mm -hmm. Halloween, which is a shame because it'd be worth a lot more if it had a cover. But most but, of the ones that Chris has but, in my library. Yeah. But uh, Halloween is still very special. And you wanted to mention. So uh, Chris had asked me on the phone the other day if he could buy that Halloween copy from me. And I just want to say here. That I'm going to give that to you for your birthday. So happy oh, early birthday! Oh come on! <laughs> wow! Well, ha happy <laughs> birthday, Chris! Yes, my my birthday is next month. Um, wow! Uh, thank you so very very much. Uh, Tom knows. John Wayne knows. Like Halloween is my thing. I, I absolutely love John Carpenter and Michael Myers. It changed my life, and so I have a pretty substantial Halloween collection, and I've wanted to add this to it. So yeah, I asked if I could buy it from him, but uh, now I don't have to. <laughs> what a what a wonderful gift! Thank you, Tom. Thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it. You're very well. You're very Thank welcome. You. So now we'll negotiate over the Friday thirteenth because that you'll have to pay for. Yes. Yeah, I got to figure out what I can do for that, uh, but. We'll talk about that later in your bedroom. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 okay. Tom comes and he can sleep in the same bed as you. I come. No, 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 he can't. No, no, he, no, we, we set up, we set up a bed. There's a bed in the, in my own bedroom. Bed now. yeah, there's a bed now. So next time oh, you, you come got up, John Wayne, bed? I do. Yeah, there's a bed for you to sleep on. It's right, it's right, it's right here. I don't know if you can see it. It's right, it's right here. Look at that. That's where the yep, magic there, is going to happen. There, it's very nice. Um, it looks like you've already pre-cummed that for for us. Uh, can I sleep? Still sleep on the couch for like old times' sake, though. You know, absolutely. Like I, you can cool. sleep on the lawn if you want. You know, I mean, do what you Hell want. Yeah. You know, you're Thanks, welcome man. here. Yeah. I know. Thanks. So ridiculous reads. Uh, just to get us somewhat back on track, because we're all idiots. Um, <laughs> um, uh, Tom is on ridiculous reads this week which is very exciting. Uh, and he's got something set up for us. Uh, it's going to be a nice surprise. So, Tom, take it away. Well, this time, it's personal. <laughs> Jaws the Revenge. Hell yeah. <laughs> got to be the great, one of the greatest. I know the, the greatest, <laughs> the, it was a great tagline for the Mutilator. But this time, it's personal. When you're mm-hmm. talking about a fucking shark, it's yeah. a great tagline. It is. Tagline. It is. So I am going to read from Jaws the Revenge. And, Just and to be clear, is... so everyone knows, it, it was personal that time. So, you know, stands to reason. Yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, this Literally, is... the shark followed them down to the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. That's how personal it was. Yeah, it's absurd. This is the fourth Jaws movie, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, stars Michael Caine. Um, and I remember, I've, I'll always remember this. Michael Caine was in an interview once. And, I, and they were talking about uh, Jaws, the Revenge. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they were like, yeah, that movie was not well received. It's you know considered pretty terrible. And Michael Caine said, oh, I'm sure it is terrible. I don't know. I've never seen it. Uh, but I'm sure it's terrible. But the house it bought is beautiful. You should really see the house. <laughs> yeah. The size of a tangerine. I don't know if people remember, but this was around the time when Michael Caine was in everything. Yeah. Like he was literally just taking the paycheck and doing every little cameo he could do. He, uh, he was and the Nicholas Cage of the time. Yep. Yep. And don't forget, Mario Van Peebles is also in this movie. Oh, God. Um, yeah. Oh, God. Remember, I he's the Jamaican guy that, that they made. I forgot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I was going to read that scene, but I didn't know where it was in the book, so I didn't go to that. But all right, so let me read the back cover. The lives of the Brody family have been devastated by a natural force, a force that glides silent and unseen beneath the ocean surface, ready to strike out with a relentless fury. To Ellen Brody, it is evil incarnate, and it must be destroyed once and for all, even if it costs Ellen her life. Jaws the Revenge. Can you do any more of that, or are we going to pay royalties if you do more than that? No, that's why I cut it short, yeah. <laughs> but I'll well, go back. We're gonna I'll, I'll, I'll grab that and loop it, and then that, it's, that counts as like our own, so then we don't have to. Okay. You know, so, yeah. that, was, who was, that was Bernard Herman, right, who did the score to Jaws? I no, think. it was John Williams. How was dare it John you, Williams? sir? It was John Williams. Yeah, it's Steven, Steven Spielberg, so of course it was John Williams. Of course. Yeah, you're right, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, and that is probably more classic than the, the first Jaws is to me is one of the greatest movies of all time. And, uh, Absolutely the, fantastic. The, 
the Quint speech in, you know, is the USS Indianapolis speech is one of the greatest monologues of all time. Chris, I think we were even talking about that at New York Comic Con. Like, what are the greatest monologues of all time? And it's like Patton, you know, Jaws are, you know, the greatest. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But this is not that. No. This is Jaws. <laughs> this is definitely not that. And what a great way to... to... To, what a great way to really like welcome summer and then with a Jaws novelization. But I mean, can you imagine the pitch the in the writer's room and shit? Then like, okay, the this time the shark follows them because he knows where they are. Mm-hmm. It's 4.30 on Friday. Let's get the fuck. Fine, let's go. go. Yeah. I'll see you guys at happy it's in hour. The movie. It's in the movie. <clears throat> it's in the movie. <laughs> well, and don't forget, Jaws 1 came out. It was a huge smash. It became the first summer blockbuster. Jaws 2 comes out. Kind of a rehash of the first one. I love that one because that was the first one I saw in the theater. Um, and then Jaws 3 comes out and it's 3D. So that was like its little catch. And then mm-hmm. Jaws 4 comes out and and Martin Brody, the main character, the share, all the characters from Jaws are dead at this point are gone. Yeah, yeah. So the, 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 the fact that this movie comes out and it's literally like Ellen Brody's story and the shark follows them is ridiculous. But yeah. what I love about the novelization, which is by Hank Searles, Peter Benchley wanted gold. nothing to do with this shit. Yeah. No, no, yeah. nothing at all. <laughs> and it has the gall to have a quote at the beginning of the book from Joseph Conrad. Like, I love that it is. So the quote is, the sea never changes, and its works for all the talk of men are wrapped in mystery. Joseph Conrad, Typhoon. Mm. Like, it has the gall to yeah. pretend that, that this is a book. The gall, sir. Tom's getting. If you're not watching the the video, Tom's getting personally offended. He got up and stomped his foot. It was crazy. Um, I just got to pee. That's all it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, that's. Uh, I wonder if that's to legitimize the book or uh, legitimize uh, Joseph Conrad. Well, I'll I'll read um, praise for Hank Searles. On oh, the back. Yeah. This is oh, legitimate. We're getting book, right? praise now. Can, can we do that? Because it's amazing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, th- this is going to be a four-hour episode, which is about you know twenty minutes shorter than your normal episodes. Oh, so it's not too bad. <laughs> we oh, just um, we, we just got tommed. Tom roasted us. <laughs> uh, praise for Sank Hurls. Quote: A sea adventure that echoes in the mind like pings of radar. Los Angeles Times. No, is it well, now? Is that like, like is thing. it spelled right? Is it like the GoBot ver like the like Los Angeles time? Like there's a Z or something like to no, times. Spelled right. The real it's times. Spelled right. Yeah, that's a good question. And now that I'm looking at it, it is spelled right. The next one is taught crisp dot 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 intensely readable. The Chicago Tribune. And I always wonder when books put dot 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 in there, like what did they say in there yeah. that wasn't good? It's usually, you know, it's like usually they... not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not good. <laughs> like all the bad stuff out, just jump to some random words. That's the fine. next one is the Washington Post, but I'm not going to read it. All right. You guys ready? Yes. All right. This is literally the opening scene. So remember the opening scene of the first Jaws, which was is still like a, a classic scene where the the girl goes skinny dipping and then gets caught up on the um, buoy, and then the shark comes, like, and the dun dun dun. The, the music is terrifying. Like that is a terrifying scene mm-hmm. when you're you know three years old or four years old and you're watching that and you never want to go back in the ocean again. I still think Chris this is probably why you don't go in the ocean, right? Because of Jaws. 
pretty much Jaws and Creature from Black Lagoon scarred me horribly as a child. So yeah, right. This is not that, um, but I'll read it. Yep. Anyway. Okay. Yes. Random impulses had lured the great white shark to warmer, shallow water from his feeding grounds off Montauk Point, as man himself was sometimes tempted to the sea. How do do I read this as a comedy? Or do I read this like straight up, or do I do the you know in a world voice? Like, what are we doing? Just, I don't know. I, I just just make a choice and go with it, dude. I was I was feeling you on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it was I think it was coming right, along good. Uh, do you need me for right. emotional support? I can come in there. Hold on. Go you go hold him? Can you okay. be the shark? Hold him. Can you be the shark? <laughs> okay, so Tom has gotten up and stomped his foot again, and now Chris is going in there to hug him. Getting okay. awkward. Chris is right oh, here. Are we sharing man. a mic for this? Ready? Here we go. All right, here we go. All right. When I when I talk about when I say the word he, I mean Chris. He moves slowly through the ebony waters of Amity Bay. He was twenty. Stop, man. You're gonna make me laugh. <laughs> he was twenty-eight feet long and weighed three thousand pounds. I'm still talking about Chris. His flat dish eyes were as black as the night. They were entirely without pupils, but strangely knowing. Though they were as useless after dark as the eyes of any other fish, he had no need for them. I don't know what that means. For day or night, he was exactly attuned to his surroundings. He knew within centimeters how far it was to be the rusting hood, how far it was to the rusting hood of an ancient car half buried in the mud and where a sunken dory lay. He sensed a moray slithering from its cave a thousand yards away and lobster stirring in the co-op's lobster pots. This almost sounds like a slasher movie. In a way. Uh, so uh, um, I, I missed it because I was running around. Is this from the POV of the shark? Is that where we're yeah. getting? Well, that's it's that's third beautiful. Person. Third shark. It's third shark. It, well, you know yeah. what I'm saying. It, this yeah. is from the perspective of the shark. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh -huh. I mean, the shark yes, knows how, how far it is to the sunken like car and the fucking buoys and all that shit. So just, I think they're yeah. setting up how smart it is. Yeah. They can track. Yep. Right. All right. All of this new from receptors refined from 300 million years of evolution. Though his kind has diminished in size, his ancestor, Megalodon, had jaws wide enough to swallow a modern cow. Its senses had only improved. A female fur seal circled the Amity Outer Bell buoy, evaluating it as a haven. She was en route with her little one from her Arctic rookery to her winter fishing grounds off Sandy Hook. Now, for reasons she could not understand, she was uneasy. She wanted suddenly to leave the water but she doubted that her baby had the strength to mount the buoy. She could only demonstrate and hope. Gauging the swell, she dived and crested on a wave. In a surge of power, she heaved herself aboard, scraping belly fur on rusted rivets. She barked at her little one to follow. The baby missed the swell, pawed with her flippers at the edge, flopped back and tried again. Above them, the deep bell gonged. The great white lazed below at 30 feet. So wait, it just switched from third person, right? It just yeah. switched, didn't it? Yeah, I, that's why I was trying. I'm having a little trouble. Like, who who are we talking about now? <laughs> the shark or the the woman or it, there what was happened? No break. Like it was it was third person shark, and now it's third person. Yeah, I don't person. Know, it was weird. Three PP. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> sometimes sometimes a book will bounce between without a break. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. I guess that's what they're doing. With a swish of his. I guess so. With a I mean, well, Joseph tail, Conrad is at the front of this book, so I mean, I think that lets you know it's going to be sophisticated like that. Yes, yes. 
Great White lays below at 30 feet. With a swish of his tail, he turned sideways, spiraling upward. His jaws opened His jaws opened at 10 feet, and by 5 feet, he was making a good 10 knots straight up. He took the baby whole, rose into the black night, and scissored the tail from the mother on the buoy. He waited while she thrashed, thrashed and fell from the perch, then engorged her in one piece. With half his hunger satisfied, he glided for a while. Because he was so heavy and because his kind had no air bladder like other fish, uh, he would sink to the sci- bottom. Getting scientific <laughs> now, the author is doing. Sorry. <laughs> He's educating you That's while he entertains you. I, had, I feel like I had to make the tone a little lighter at that point. Like, you know, he has no air bladder like other fish. And be- <laughs> wink, wink. Because his kind. he would sink to the bottom if he ever stopped swimming there he would drown when the water stopped flowing past his gills he was doomed to a life of restless motion like a bird with no place to alight hearing a piling bumping against a channel buoy he turned toward the lights of amity harmer and swam in and very nice very nice (laughs) yeah thank you (laughs) thank you tom for that revenge people and if you haven't seen that movie go out and watch it right now everybody stop the podcast and go watch it it'll be worth it sure it will probably (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah totally bob's your uncle all that (laughs) tom uh, it was awesome to have uh, you know the the mom library you know top representative be on the show doing a reading from the mum library yeah, at awesome. the compound. It's kind of like a meta thing. I almost feel like we're yeah. really dancing on weird, like thin uh, ice metaphysically or something. Yeah, we're we're th- we're through the looking glass here, people. Oh, I know <laughs> what that <laughs> means. I get that reference. <laughs> it is my honor to be here, John. And that was great because I've loved ridiculous reads since the beginning, and that's why I sent Chris like what sixteen books because I'm like you gotta you gotta yeah. read some of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you and you also got that ridiculous reads tramp stamp tattoo, which <laughs> we, we appreciate. I mean, like, yeah. thank you so much. We're gonna post a picture of it. Don't worry when it heals. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta stop. It? You gotta stop wiping up so high though. That's oh. that's the. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> front to back or back to front? I never know. Oh, okay. You know, like, well, speaking oh, of front okay. to back. Uh, All right, so now we're going to get into our big topic, uh, continuing all month long. Mr. John Wayne and I and our celebrity guests are mm. covering are covering a summer of slashers, where we discuss slasher films uh, all throughout the ages, and uh, that brings us to our our topic, which is summer of slashers. <laughs> Okay, so I guess you didn't get to the in putting the scream in yet. Yeah. Yeah. Look, dude, I can't like uh, you know, uh You can't own a potato, man. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So summer of slashers. Uh and this week, uh, you know, we we've been you know setting this up with our guests. Last week we had Mr. Matt Kurtz, and he's a big fan of Madman, so we talked about Madman. And uh, Tom and I, because Tom was going to, you know, we knew he was going to be coming on the show, and we talked about a, a couple of different options. But Tom chose a little movie called April Fool's Day, 
Uh, and now April Fool's Day came out in March of 1986. It's a film by director Fred Walton. Uh, it was a moderate, moderately successful uh, movie when it came out. Uh, and it does have a lot of people that you'll recognize in it from other 80s movies. Uh, and uh, we're going to be talking about April Fool's Day and its merits uh, or failures as a slasher film. So I'll start off... Uh, you know, uh, by saying that April Fool's Day, the essential plot is that there's a woman, uh, uh, they're mostly people in their 20s, they're college kids, and one of them is Muffy, and uh, she has this big manor house that's out on this like private island kind of area, and she invites all of her friends out uh, to have a party out there, and they go, and on the way there, uh, they're on a like raft, a, a, a boat uh, that, that's bringing them all across. And uh, there's an accident that happens with one of the boatmen, uh, and uh, he is—he's very badly hurt. His face is is really badly hurt. We'll talk about that later. Uh, and so they get to the the house, and then some of the, like one by one, they all start to disappear. And it appears that someone is stalking and killing them. And that's basically the plot of the movie. And we'll go into all of it as we go. But first, I want to ask our guest Thomas Mum. What were your thoughts on April Fool's Day, uh, and what is your background with the movie? So, you know, April Fool's Day came out kind of in the thick of the slasher craze of the 80s. Um, and I was working at a video store called Video Biz in Bergenfield, New Jersey, which I started working on when I was like 14 and worked there until I was 19. And, you know, everybody, Chris, when we used to work at Blockbuster, everybody comes in and is like, recommend a movie, recommend a movie. And most people come in and they're like, we want, you know, we want to watch a slasher movie, but we want to watch it with our family, which, <laughs> you know, doesn't exist, basically. Right, right, you know? right. Because Chris, you know, when Chris and I worked at Blockbuster, we'd recommend shit that Blockbuster didn't even sell. We're like, go across the street to movie gallery right. and get something else. <laughs> right, right. You know? But, you Don't know, get the uncut so version this... of Bad Lieutenant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. you need to see that. You need to see that hog. You better get the uncut version. Mm-hmm. So April Fool's Day was like the perfect movie to be able to um, recommend to somebody who wanted to watch us. They wanted to watch a horror movie with their family. Mm. And that might sound cheesy, but it still was back at the time. This movie kind of subverted a lot of the normal slides. Like there's not a lot of gore. There's not a lot of crazy kills. And it has this. Some debatable, but this amazing ending that changes the entire movie. Um, in a, in, I would almost want to say like in a usual suspects Kaiser Soze kind of way. And, and John Wayne is already making faces, so maybe mm -hmm. he doesn't agree, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, but back then, so like now that ending might suck, but mm -hmm. back then it was like, wait, what did I just watch? And right. what I, what I would get from people who came in after watching, it was like, oh my God, we did not see that coming. Mm -hmm. That was amazing. Now, maybe it's not thought that way, but back then, and mm -hmm. John Wayne, what are your thoughts? Oh, are you done? Are you ready to just ask what my well? Thing yeah, first, we'll or? get well. Yeah, we'll get to John Wayne. I still want to be with you, Tom, and just okay. say, yeah. do you, you know, what you feel about the movie? Do you do you like it? Because you recently revisited it for the first time in a long time. Uh, so, how do you feel about the the movie? Do you think it's a good movie? Do you think it's not? What did you like about it? What There's... did you not? Rewatching it again after probably what twenty twenty five years twenty years. Um, I don't know if it holds up. It holds up for me nostalgically. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I still love a lot of those characters that I loved back then. It's 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 pretty cheesy. I watched it with my wife actually, um, and I was and telling she, her how and great she'd not, it was. She's never seen it. She had, she had never seen it, and so at the end, I was like, "So what do you think?" And she literally went, <laughs> just, <laughs> just put like, the thumbs down, yeah, <laughs> thumbs down, and went. Mm-hmm. She's like, "It wasn't even scary. It was cheesy." But back then, it just seemed to be a little different than all of the other slasher movies, for better or for worse, mm-hmm. you know. But it, in a way, it was kind of like a, a weird mainstream horror movie. It was put out right. by Paramount, same mm-hmm. same um, company that same studio that put out all the Friday 13th movies. Um, and it's actually produced by Frank Van Cuso Jr. who produced like Friday 13, two, three, four, five, and seven. Mm-hmm. And he did this in between. And, and so that's why like some of the actors are in it, you know, uh, Chris, if it's okay to give it away now, Kit yeah, from yeah. Uh, Kit, uh, Amy, Amy Steele, Steel. who played Kit Graham in the movie, is the final girl in Friday 13th part two and got April Fool's Day because she had already worked right. with Frank Van Cuso. Right, right. Um, so it it doesn't hold up, but it's so nostalgic for me, eighties wise, that mm-hmm. I I still loved it. I was smiling the entire time rewatching it. Right, and I mean, no. some of the cast is 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 like so many people plucked from the eighties. You got Biff from Back to the Future. You've got the guy from uh, Just One of the Guys, and uh, and Muffy herself. What's her name? Deborah Deb, uh, Deborah Foreman, who was in uh, Valley Girl, Real Genius, and My Chauffeur. Like right. back then, she was she yeah. was something back then. She, you know? Yeah, like, she was she was an it girl. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. So, how do you feel about it now? Do you do you say yay or nay? And we'll give you we'll give uh, our uh, star rating later. But do you say yay or nay on this movie? I I was smiling the entire time because okay. I could almost so recite yay. haven't hadn't seen it in 20 years and was smiling and knew every line that was coming up. It's so weird that like, I can't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday, but I was remembering every line as they were saying it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's funny. And funny also like, it, you know, it, 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 you know, shot on 35 millimeter, millimeter film. It's kind of a polished movie. It was, it was paramount trying to make a mainstream slasher movie based around a, a holiday, you know, like, right. cause that's what everything was. Back then. Right. Right. And, um, and, 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 you know, in a lot of ways to me, it felt more like an Agatha Christie, um, like a 10 little Indians kind of. Thing. Yeah, I can see that. Absolutely. Yeah. Someone on this train is a murderer. Is a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every time Chris is in a tux, he just has to say that. Like, I'm I do. someone on this train. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. All right. So, uh, John Wayne, this was your first time yes. seeing the movie? This was my first time to see this movie. Yes. Okay. Uh, so tell us. How do you feel about April Fool's Day? Okay, first of all, just like uh, I know I roll, I was rolling my eyes earlier just at certain statements about this movie, but I do not, I did not hate this movie. Mm-hmm. I tried to like think about like what I thought about, like how do I felt about this movie? And, and so I, I kind of like quantified it like this. Uh, this, mo- this movie's like getting a hand job. <laughs> I... I can jerk myself off, right? But if you're gonna do it, at least make sure that I come before, like while I'm still hard, you know. Like at least finish me off while I'm still hard, not this like half soft. Like oh, we've been going for hours, I guess, you know. That's what this movie is like to me. You are so fucking. 
You are so right, and that should yes. literally be on the poster. This and movie yes. is like a head job. John Wake Up. That would be exactly what it is. That that is a beautiful analogy for for April Fool's Day. It really is because I can yeah. do it myself, you know. Yeah. So, but if you're gonna do it. Make sure I come while I'm still hard. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, want this. Or, or you're soft... thinking you're thinking that you're thinking that the hand job is leading to something else. Like yeah. the hand job is leading to maybe some full penetration, maybe. and then oh well, it never the, does. The never does. And, and, yeah. but, <laughs> but but you get to that point where you know it's not, and then you're just like, well, and it, and that's why I say I don't hate this movie because you know even though it's like one of those weird you soft like comes, it's still a come, but you know it's just like eh, I'll, well I'll call you. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll call you, and then you never do. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so by, by the way, Chris, I've been meaning to call you. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's okay. It's not like I've been sitting by the phone crying or anything. But uh, you keep sending anyway. these pictures of you sitting by the phone crying, though. <laughs> uh, all right. Is it my so, turn? I guess, or do you have more to say? So yeah, I, yeah, I was just going to yeah, say. So I don't. Yeah. I don't. Oh, go ahead. I, I read the recommend. Like, yeah, yeah. Watch this movie at least so that you. I mean, we're going to break down. I guess exactly what we mean by this hand job thing. But uh, yeah, I, I still recommend watching it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think we'll definitely uh, explain the the ending. I think we we can't really talk about the movie with, at this point without talking about the ending and what makes it different. Uh, so for those out there. If you want to see it first, go ahead, you know, we're good because we're going to spoil it. Uh, so just fair warning. Um, so uh, April Fool's Day, like I've seen this movie several times. I own this movie. I actually have it on a um, a double sided DVD with My Bloody Valentine. Uh, so it's a, a nice little twofer. Uh, I will admit that My Bloody Valentine is the reason I really wanted to buy the fucking DVD. But I was like, ah, it has April Fool's Day, you know. Uh and we'll we'll talk more about uh, my my history with this movie uh, and and all of our histories, I guess. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, watching it again, and I had seen it not a lot of times, but I had seen it several times before watching it last night. Uh, I've seen it maybe three times, you know, before. Um, and I hadn't seen it for a while, so I watched it, checked it out, fully knowing what I was getting into. And uh, yeah, it's. Uh, it definitely, like Tom said it very well, and it has it has this '80s nostalgia to it that is is really intense with the cast, the look and feel of the movie, uh, even the fashion. Like Amy Steele's character Kit is as a is a young woman wearing a tie, you know, and uh, the the, the other down guy, shirt and the tie, the button down shirt and the red tie. It's like the, oh, she's so yeah, adorable, adorable. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 my heart throbs for Amy Steele. She knows that. She knows that very well. Uh, you know, all those letters and that and that hearing. I mean, she knows. Uh, but uh, you keep sending those pictures of you crying by the phone to her. It's true. It's true. But then you've got like puking got, in flowers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then Work you've for got, Tom. But then you've got Chaz, uh, you know, the character who's played by I don't know the actor's name, but the same guy from just one of the guys, and he's uh, Clayton Roner. Clayton, Clayton Roner. Okay, him. Uh, so, and he, but he's like got like the the uh, sports coat with the fucking sleeves rolled up and he, and he's carrying around the, the the giant fucking you know vhs video tape camera. fucking video camera yeah it's so it's it's got this very great 80s feel to it it's uh, like he walked out of a brady stinellis novel uh, movie very much novelization. so yeah. uh, very yeah. much so. That, that's what he reminded me of that's yeah. who i would be in the movie yeah yeah absolutely yeah absolutely um and again i mean you've got you've got thomas wilson wilson uh, the guy who played biff in back to the future 
he's so you know, great. He's so great. Even in this movie, he's so great. He's, oh, he's wonderful. He's, I wish he would have done more. I wish he would have yeah. done more because he's great as Biff. He's great in this. He was great in Freaks and Geeks. I wish he would have done more as an actor. Yeah, yeah. He's so so. That's it's always nice to have him in something because he he is really fun. Uh, and you don't and we didn't get enough of him, I think, in our lives. But uh, so yeah, it's it's a, it's a fun little movie. Um, but uh, overall, as as a horror movie. As a horror movie, it's god awful, uh, and uh, we're, we'll talk about that uh, now. We'll go into it. Um, so, let's just break down the movie. Uh, the first thing that I wanted to mention when I was watching this, and I've thought this before watching this movie, is that it takes place on April Fool's Day, but it really feels like it's summer when you're watching the movie. Like the one, the one chick, uh, uh, what's her name, Nikki? Uh, she's like sunbathing mm-hmm. on the boat going over. Oh my god. And, and it's so just great. like, that's yeah, like but it's, how great of an 80s chick is she, though? She's oh, such she's a great perfect. 80s chick. She's so 80s. She's so yeah. 80s, yeah. But it, it doesn't feel like it's April 1st. You no, know? it doesn't. It's like, but, it's but they sun, try to. It's warm. <laughs> it's just like, uh, what? No, April 1st isn't like, at least not where I live. It's not like that, you know? I think they, they try to, they try to like uh, amend that by throw it, like framing it as like, we're on spring break and we're going to spend the, so spring break we're equals. We're going like, on a spring keep, break. Yes, we're going on a spring break. <laughs> and when fall, you fall, fall into my hands, I'll spring into your ass. Like that's, a, that's that one. But I think that's how they try to make it like uh to fix that they they say spring break at the beginning um but yeah you're right it is weird that like even april 1st is like eh, you know i mean i might be putting you know i consider that bathing suit season because i consider bathing suit season to be all year round yeah you live in but, texas it's always bathing suit season but yeah, yeah, but, yeah in but, the, uh, but in the real world it's uh it's cold usually mm-hmm. april 1st it's cold yeah um, so that that's just kind of fun. and I think it's it's supposed to be it's supposed to be like Martha's Vineyard, right? Like that seems like where yes. they're supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it shouldn't be summery uh, on April first there. Yeah. Even if it was summer, it would still be chilly at, as fuck at night up there. <laughs> like I've been up there. Yeah. Um, I, um, I wanted to ask you guys something real quick. Like at the beginning when this does start out, they're like the guy that's filming. Um, is this like one of the earliest? Or earlier examples of like a a la found footage in a horror movie, you think? Well, I literally, I, I, I literally thought you were going to go Girls Gone Wild and not found footage. Yeah, I thought you were going to go. Is this like the first Girls Gone Wild? Okay, who's the who's the disruptor now, Tom? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, but no, no. It's really, but, it's but really I thought about that. Is that even noteworthy? I mean, no, I don't think so because it's really only like the first three minutes where we're seeing from the camera's POV. Uh, it's really just that opening and then the rest yeah. of the movie, you don't, they don't go back to that. So I don't consider it found footage in I any way, not. but, but no. I guess it, for me, it was long enough to be like, is this going to come, is this going to be a theme throughout the movie? But I, it didn't come it's back. Totally I'm, not, no, it's it, totally not. Yeah. Okay. No, you're, you're, but I, you're but wrong. I do and love that. Yeah. I, I do love that opening. I do love that kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's, shoot by it's like four by three and he's shooting on the video camera and she's so great deborah goodridge is so great where she's you know like i'm you know what is her, i'm mario tulo riley o'shea like uh-huh. there, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a bunch of these like elitist fucks you know mm-hmm. these elitist people and you're like okay we're gonna see a movie with elitist fucks getting killed the entire mm-hmm. time is what you right, think when you're right. starting it but i like that opening with her and she's so great 
And then I don't know, Chris, if you want to go into that opening, like what that opening monologue that she has, where she's like, "I'm Mario Tool O'Reilly O'Shea." Yeah, and it's, that's not well. That's not really her name. She's actually she's she's pretending to be even more of a rich bitch than she actually is. Uh, her real name is Nikki, or her character's name is Nikki. Um, but I, I I just want to say, like, as we're going into the beginning of the movie, there are a couple of things worth noting. Uh, uh, one of them is that the music is done by Charles Bernstein, who also did the music to Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, and of course, that music is very memorable. Uh, it's very, really good score. Whereas April Fool's Day, the score is very light and airy. It doesn't feel really spooky, even going into it with the opening theme. Uh, it feels just very much like an 80s movie. It doesn't feel like a horror movie. It's like, you know, the, the credits aren't like red text on the black screen or anything. It doesn't, they, they don't say we're a horror movie going into it. Uh, so I just think that's important to note. Um, uh, and also the whole thing with it feeling like summer, even though it's April Fool's Day, it, uh, and I've mentioned this, uh, we got to talk about Killer Party at some point, because I think I've mentioned it on every ep episode since we started talking about summer slashers. But in Killer Party, Killer Party is also a, an April Fool's Day prank movie. Uh, but that mm -hmm. too, some of it takes place in autumn, and it just doesn't feel like April Fool's Day at all, but it's supposed to be. So it's just kind of funny that both of them are completely off season uh, for what they're trying to do. So I just I, I have a I have a note here that says this is one of three horror movie film horror films from 1986 that take place on April Fool's Day. The others being Killer Party and Slaughter High. Slaughter High is another one. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So they were all the same year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Or you know, within the same year, Slaughter High was 85 and okay. April Fool's Day and Killer Party was 86, but it was the same year. Same same cycle. Yeah. That's funny. I didn't know they're all the same year, but yeah, they are all on April Fool's Day. Uh, and and it, and like you mentioned before, Tom, uh, this was a a thing that that really was springboarded by Halloween, uh, where uh, everything was. All these slasher movies were about where they would try to find one that was a holiday or a day of significance. Friday Thirteenth, Graduation Day, April Fool's Day. Uh, you know, uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, you know, like it, it goes on, like they would, they would just pick any holiday they could find. Uh, yep. <clears throat> and, and that's where this one comes in. April Fool's Day. The thing that I always remembered the most was um, that, that incredible uh, cover, that VHS box cover of everyone at the party and the girl standing there and, and her, the braid of her mm -hmm. hair is noose. It's such yeah. a great iconic eighties horror picture. Um uh, Probably my favorite thing about April Fool's Day is that picture. <laughs> like yeah. I'm being honest. Like when you like Chris, you've brought it up before. Like the you see the box in the at the the video store, and you're like, God, I want to rent that movie. But you know, yeah. and you never you can't do it till you're like old enough to go back and get it. But that was when I always looked at like, what is that? Yeah, she, that because it, it's very morbid, I guess. You know, especially as a kid, her yeah. her braid is a noose. She's got she's holding a knife behind she's her. Back yeah, too. she's holding, she's a, holding knife, a knife behind her. It, it's just like that. yeah, it's just like what is this? So yeah. yeah, it was one of those videos covers that was like very captivating to yeah. to me as a kid. Definitely. So so yeah, we're going back into the movie. Uh, yeah, she does uh, the Nikki character does that little I'm Mary Tool and blah 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 uh, and. Uh, yeah, we start to meet our characters, and oh, can, uh, can we? Can I? Can I end that? Because she's like, oh, sure. I'm Mario Tool O'Reilly O'Shea, and I, you know, my parents are my best friend, and I like to work with handicapped children. And in the fall, I'm going to convent school, mm -hmm. and I fuck on the first date. Yep. Like that was such <laughs> to me that you know, as a 15 year old boy, I was like, oh, 
Oh, okay. I, actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I actually rewound that to like have. I was <laughs> like, course, yeah. let me go back and listen to that whole thing again. <laughs> and let me put it at half speed, slower. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. So, yeah. no. Yeah, I did go back. That's a great line. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's very funny. I actually yeah. made a note uh, because. Uh, uh, I'm not trying to jump forward, but I actually made a note uh, because a little bit later, the girls are talking about their sexual experiences and, and uh, Nikki is reading from a magazine, like this questionnaire is like, what are you most, what are you most interested in experimenting with oral sex, anal sex, stuff like that. And I just wrote a note. I was like, girls are so dirty in slasher movies. Because they really are. Like, in no other movies that you watch from the time do girls talk like this. It's only in slasher movies that they they all talk like they're so sexually active and they're so interested in sex. Uh, so it's just kind of like a funny thing you get in these 80s slashers. I, I did. Um, I, I, I came with notes, guys. And I'm, I hope that's okay. But I actually... Oh, yeah, yeah. We've got notes. <laughs> you know? yeah. Tom, just if you're I not know you watching, guys have Tom, notes. Just, Tom held up a, a King James Bible right now. Yeah, actually. yeah. So I think that... It's not really that kind of show, but go ahead, man. You're the guest. Uh, I'm going to do it. Okay. While the crew was lighting a scene, Deborah Goodrich, uh, who's Nikki, began reading a Cosmopolitan questionnaire to her co-stars. So while the crew was lighting, she began reading a Cosmo to her co-stars, which elicited a huge conversation that caught the attention of director Fred Walton. A few days later, Walton handed Goodrich the magazine and a new set of questions and asked the actresses to improvise a scene, which wound up in the final cut. Wow, that's awesome. So they wow. really were yeah. just doing that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is cool. And and we haven't gotten to that scene yet, but uh but yeah, isn't that great? Well we like, kinda that's... did. We yeah, yeah. No, that that's cool. So yeah, they really were just kind of going through with that. Yeah, but you still you didn't get that kind of thing from from female characters in the eighties. Uh it, but but you did in slasher movies. They kinda like pushed the sexual uh uh aspect so much in those movies. It wasn't just about uh, you know, the gruesome kills and everything, uh, because these movies were mostly targeted toward teenagers. And so they, they, they had two things. They had sex and they had violence. And that's what, one of the reasons I love them so much, because yeah. I, I am a teenage boy at heart, I guess. But, uh, but you violence. notice that, like, these guys, the guys are total fucking pigs in this. All the male characters. Yeah, they're so dumb. You know, like, <laughs> like, the guy's talking to, to Nikki, or what's his name, Hal. He's kind of like the true like snobby goober like sweater tied over his shoulders type of guy and uh like he mentions that her name is muffy and he's just like you know like in muff dive and then the guys are talking about the porn they like and the one guy is sniffing the girl you know chaz is like sniffing her and then and then later hair and then later uh arts which is who's biff uh he's like listening at the door when people are having sex so like these guys are like total fucking pigs yeah. Uh, in the movie. Yeah. Uh, the kind of thing where it's like you look at it now in our super sterile environment of 2021, you're like, oh, my God, these guys would be uh, uh, crucified on Twitter for being even remotely like this. Yeah. Well, not on, only yeah. are they like that, they're they're so like homophobic that it's that homoerotic like jokes they keep making throughout the movie like oh let's kiss each other like oh we're sharing a bed don't right. tell missy right. you know like it's it's like overt and yes, it's like it uh, you're it's kind of like a, oh all right come on guys uh let's reel it in you know because they are yeah. so they already are pigs and now they're doing this like oh we kick go kiss right. each other mm -hmm. so right. it's got that but, weird but yeah. this is but it was a different time but this is their 
Well, no, it really is, though. Like, I mean, it's a joke to say that, but this was 35 years ago this movie was made, and people, like, guys really did act like that at the time. Even if, you know, we tried to be like, oh, we were so woke. It was like, no, we weren't. People, guys acted like that back then. Okay, to be fair, we literally were making jokes about Chris sleeping in my bed tonight, and you sleep. Like, it was no different in that scene. Where it's like, come and get, they realize they're in the same room together, and he goes to push... Biff goes to push the beds. I'm going to call him Biff. He's Biff. Um, he is he Biff. Just, he pushes the beds together, and then he realizes yeah. that he has a male roommate, and he's like, come and get me, big boy, and they jump in. <laughs> now, that scene went on way too long, but it was still, like, that's, <laughs> we we joke about that shit. It wasn't, yeah. yeah. The sniffing yeah. of the hair was definitely Me Too movement kind of weird shit. Right, right. Yeah. But, yeah. but, but, but yeah. like a lot guys... of weird, like, guys kissing each other type of, like, you know. Yeah, but, but, but. Tom's right. Like you were just making those types of jokes with us like 10 minutes ago. So like, shut up. (laughs) Yeah. But that's because I'm willing willing to sleep in your bed with you and you won't let me. And that's what I thought you were letting Tom sleep in the bed. And I was like, that's that's what I thought was happening. So sleeping's not going to happen. It's. (laughs) See Tom. I like, see, Uh... So that, speaking that of, was the kind of joke we I was making. So speaking of jokes, uh, 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 can I can I say like in, yeah. in that like Muffy scene that, that um, Patty O'Toole whatever scene, and she says I fuck on the first date. Then the camera pans over to Biff, and he's like, I also fuck on the first date. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, holy shit, Biff is saying he's fucks on the first date. How great is this? You know, yeah, for the, yeah. because you know for us he was Biff at that point. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But I mean, even the Biff character, you would get the sense that he absolutely would do that. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. or rape yeah. on the first date. I was going to say he would yeah. might force force fuck well, on the first date. Yeah, yeah, he was kind of a creep. I don't, um, don't want to jump ahead too far, but literally, at Muffy at one point says, um, I don't remember his character's name, but Arch, Archie, Archie, Arch. Um, yeah. They're like Archie. Archie has two speeds: collar up collar down and yeah. i love that that's, so, that's such a great line color and, and then and you then, see him and he, yeah yeah there's like that scene later where he's by himself and he's about to read a dirty magazine and he pops his collar up and it's hysterical collar up. you guys don't do that so fun <laughs> so fun yeah. okay well uh anyway yeah. i was gonna say you know we were talking about jokes uh and this movie of course being april fool's day muffy has set up a lot of little jokes throughout the house you know, whoopee cushions on the t- on the chairs at dinner, uh, chairs that have fake legs and fall when you try to sit in them, that kind of shit. That's a, an understatement, by the way. Like the whole house is rigged to the fucking gills with junk yeah. shit. It like everything is rigged. Like that was one of my notes. I was like, that this is great because it's consistent. Like the lights get all fucked up, the chairs are all falling. Like the the pipe, everything is fucked up in that house and rigged. And it's very right. funny, I think. I, I, I like that about it. Yeah. See, that, that's where you and I differ, uh, is you think that kind of thing is funny, whereas, like, to me, uh, it's it's annoying in real life. Like, to me, like, a, like if someone put a whoopee cushion on a chair and we're all adults, I'd be like, really? Like, really? Are, are you slow? Like, do you, do you, is your helper here? Like, like. It, well, you hate it's... fun and funny, you know, so no, that's No, I fine, like but, fun, but, but, but I like fun, but, like, there's stuff that we did when we were 11 that isn't as fun now that we're in our 40s. And that's the way I feel with that, uh, is I'm just like, really, a whoopee cushion? Get the fuck out of here. But it looks like Tom left us, so maybe we should wait until he comes back to fit. Like, he was just 
he's already sick of our bullshit. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think he went to Eyes of Piss. He did. He did. But uh, we should let you him know, know it, that we, I, we should let him know that we can break for that. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can hear you. <laughs> I can, I can. Oh hear yeah, because he has I can the earbuds. I just can't talk. Yeah, I can hear you guys. I just can't. Okay, well, just if if you need to pee, just just say "ice a piss" and we'll take a break. That was that was way funnier. That was okay. way funnier. Let's just keep. That. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I was listening to you. Okay. Um, I, and yeah. I don't I don't want to get too you know I don't want to uh, give away the ending, but it kind of telegraphs a lot that's going on. Yes. All the stuff you were talking about with the. With the fake glasses and the fake chair and the and the cigars that blow up, like I, I think it's kind of telegraphing a lot of it stuff, is. which you don't realize, you know. And I mean, being considering it's called April Fool's Day, it's good that it does that. It kind of has to. Um, yeah. But here's my thing with pranks in horror movies: is I hate pranks in horror movies because you're. It's just like another excuse to do jump scares, and jump scares are the lazy the lazy man's horror movie tactic where it's just like, it's real quiet. And then all of a sudden, bam, loud noise, or someone's creeping around and then the cat jumps out of the closet. You know, these are really cheap scares and I hate that. Uh, And a movie like this that has pranks, uh, it's setting you up constantly to think, Oh, someone's getting killed. Something's happened. And then it's just like, and, and it's just like, Nope, it actually, it's not. And this movie is just filled with that. And of course it, it plays into the whole thing that we'll you know get to. But uh, uh, the other thing with slasher movies at this time is there's always at least that character who's a prankster. There's always uh fatso from Friday 13th part three. There's always uh, Ralph. The funny, the the funny guy. We've yeah, talked about him guy. so far. Like there's always the funny guy. Always, always. And in killer party, it's actually a, a girl, a funny girl who does all the funny person. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So you know, funny person. Yeah, and you're getting in all kinds of trouble tonight, John Wayne. I'm about uh... to blast my nips, dude. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, like I, I find those, those characters and those things irritating in a horror movie. Um, it's, it's funny and endearing in a nostalgic way that that was a, a trope back in the day. But I'm always just like, yeah, 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 with the, with like the whoopee cushion bullshit, you know. I'm just like, eh, because it's just it to me, it's just not funny and never was funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but John Wayne, you were saying you disagree. You thought that was hilarious uh, because you're you have like the mind of a 12 year old and you, you like that. kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I well, maybe so. But I did like that. Well, I mean, first of all, the movie is called April Fool's Day, It is, which would lend it to prank pranking. I would think it might as well be called prank the day, mm-hmm. the movie prank the day, oh. the movie. But uh, I just I just like that, like, because that whole house was rigged. Everything they touched did something fucked up. And then you just came to expect that, like, oh, what's the next thing going to be? And uh, I enjoy a good prank myself. Uh, You know, we differ on many things, but that's why we love each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's you know I thought this was part of the the movie was a uh, you know like and like Tom said like it telegraphs it all this shit and you're like oh hence my eye roll earlier. Well, it is, it is, it is totally a part of the movie. So yeah, it belongs in the in this particular movie, no question. Uh, I was just saying that as a whole in the horror genre, and you see this, you see this more in the '80s and the older ones. There, there's a lot of this prank bullshit that is just an excuse to have a fake out scare, and I hate that because it's just 
annoying and it doesn't go anywhere and it's just you always see it coming you're like yes i know it's the cat in the closet or whatever i hate that jump scare shit and so i hate that prank scare shit uh but you you said this movie could be called pranks there actually was a movie in the 1970s that was a a, a late 70s it was a student film uh, and it was called pranks and this was uh uh later renamed the dorm that dripped blood and this was on the video nasties wow. list this movie um and it's it's really it's not good at all, but it does star um, uh, Princess Vespa from Spaceballs, whatever that actress's name is. <laughs> yes, Daphne Zuniga. Why do I know that? Thank Daphne you. Zuniga. Yeah. Like, of course you know. Of course you know that because you're <laughs> yeah. you. Um, but yeah, like it's her before she was anybody. This was literally a student film, and it does have some cool, gruesome kills. But mm. the movie is really, really bad. It's really bad. Uh, but it was initially called Pranks, which is weird because it doesn't have a. Uh, prank like theme to it uh like killer uh killer party or april fool's day or any of those things but anyway just a little little slasher tip from uncle chris so the dorm that dripped blood is fucking metal as shit though the, the title sounds cool yeah, yeah it yeah. sucks yeah. that the movie is shitty it's so. not great it was but i mean it was on the video nasty list and it does have some uh some really cool gruesome kills particularly for its time uh, the kills are worth noting, but uh, it's not not very entertaining. It's very slow, and uh, but I mean, it, again, it was a student film, and here we are talking about it forty years later. So, kudos to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they kill off Princess Vespa pretty quickly, which is also a shame because she was a very attractive lady. <clears throat> but um, anyway, I I, I kind of feel like um, a little bit of what you're saying about April Fool's Day about the comedy of it is dare I say, old man's yelling at clouds, um, to use John Wayne's phrase that he uses. We uh, both use because it's from the Simpsons. I, I feel like, I feel, yeah, of course. Uh, I feel like, um, again, this movie is subverting those tropes on purpose. Like they're literally giving you the, the stereotypical characters um the the jokes the I, and i know we're still on the ferry when it comes to like chrono- the chronology of this movie okay. we're still only on the ferry but the the fair the prank that happens on the ferry like that's subverting or doing the normal shit the normal tropes that a normal slasher film would do mm-hmm. and then uh and then making you think about it and then making you think oh well maybe it wasn't real so I don't know if you want to get into kind of go through the chronology of the movie. Well, I don't think, well, yeah, yeah. I don't think they put as much thought into it as that personally. I, I don't think they were like, well, there's always this, there's always this prankster in these movies. So why don't we make a movie that's all about the pranksters? I think they were just doing what everyone was doing um, personally. I don't think they thought that deeply about it. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, we could go through the chronological uh, you know, order of the movie uh to 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 some regard um so yeah they're on the boat and uh you know biff and uh what's the other guy's name uh skip yeah the skip is the real prankster of the group they they pull a little prank uh but then after that one of the boatmen uh falls off the boat and gets hurt really badly and okay go ahead john Wayne. you want to stop me there no, no, I mean, I just I want to comment on that. But like he it, it that first prank happens, it it sets everything off like where mm-hmm. that's what's kind of like through like was I thought was cool because it did throw me off at, at first because homeboy gets stabbed and then like, oh, but he falls into the water and everyone goes to jump in to save him, including mm-hmm. the boatman guy. Mm-hmm. And 
it turns out, oh, we just fucking pranked you, bitches. Woo. Like Biff and him pranked. So -hmm. this dude's still in the water. And then the guy's like, ah, tie it off. And they're like, you know, we're led to believe that there's some accident that happens with him. Right. Right. And it happens all super fast. And they put him on another boat and the, the sheriff boat takes him away and shit. Right, right. And he gets out of the, the water like it's like he's like also become insane and injured. And uh, <laughs> well, so that... he's, 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 he's like his face is all fucked up and his eyes yeah. popped out of his head. It's yeah, it's actually pretty gruesome. And so, yeah, he's like. Like ah, yeah, so like, you're yeah, you're kept yeah. on your toes right there because immediately there's this like because you're like oh fuck you know mm-hmm. that happened and then it's like haha it's a joke but then you don't even have time to really be like like it's a joke because that mm-hmm. other guy gets hurt right away and it's like oh shit that's real like and everyone's mm-hmm. all freaked out by it so I just thought that was yeah. uh, and 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 as he's being pulled away in the boat he's like it's their fault yeah. it was them. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. it's totally it sets you up so you know because then they get to the island and they're having the party and it's all these twenty somethings hanging out and as we said, like you know, they get picked off one by one. So that's really our our setup is we think like it's the boatman or one of the boatmen, either the guy who got hurt or his friend. Uh we, we're set up to believe, at least initially, that they're the ones uh that one of them is our killer and is getting revenge. Mm-hmm these kids playing this prank and hurting this guy uh and yeah and then so then they get to the thing and they're having their little party and and so forth and we start to see these little stupid pranks like the whoopee cushions and all that's like we mentioned uh and then it slowly starts to get into the uh one by one these characters will be by themselves somewhere or they're in a shed or they're on uh, by the water and uh we like someone comes up behind them and kills them but the the kills are all cutaways like you see a shadow coming forward and they go like oh no and then it cuts away you don't see any knives going into people you don't see any blood the only blood you really see in this movie is that guy getting fucked up on the boat uh like you don't you don't see any of the kills in this movie so to me like as a slasher fan for a slasher movie like that's a big like danger 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 you're watching a piece of shit because it's a slasher movie you're there to see kills and you do not get that at all in this no. movie not at all no and, and there's no. a reason and 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 i and i think that's why it's more agatha christie because when they start getting separated and they start going into the rooms there's little like newspaper clippings of this one guy hal who you know got into a car accident and killed some people. So these newspaper clippings, the little um, audio tape of the baby crying is a girl who had an abortion. Like you get all these little Agatha, it's more Agatha Christie. Than it anything. is. No, it really is. It really is. Yeah. There's all these little clues throughout that kind of lead to these. Oh, maybe it's this person or maybe it's that person, like you said. Uh, and then even further down the road, like there's some suspicion that Muffy, our host had a, had an evil twin and it's like so it's very agatha christie it's very a whodunit they really set it up yeah. in that regard but it's still it was marketed and presented as a slasher movie uh and even like pulls goes in line with those slasher movie tropes of the time and yeah. it fails to deliver on the kills you don't get you don't get to see the kills you don't get any gore but it also fails to deliver on the sex now there is a scene where two of the characters are having sex and they're in this kind of awkward position. It's kind of funny. So bizarre. I wrote it's I wrote so it down. Bizarre, right? it's, it's totally position. played for comedy. Odd fuck position is what I wrote down yeah. in my notes. I was like, yeah. what is that? 
<laughs> yeah, it's totally it's totally played for comedy. It's totally yeah. funny. Yeah. Uh, and but so then it commit, commits the other ultimate sin of slasher movies, where it's a sex scene, but there's no nudity. You don't get to see any boobies in this movie. So no blood, no blue boobs, and no it's boobs either. And it's still a slasher no, movie. No boobs. No, no blood, no boobs, and well, it's a slasher movie. I I think what they're what they're trying to do, like with is like they're very leaning very heavy on like what they're gonna pull out of their hat at the end to be like i know there's no blood and boobs but wait till you see what we're gonna do like, right but know, the prestige but, you know like right but right yeah. but the audience yeah, yeah. doesn't know that but the audience doesn't I'm not know saying that. it's right i'm just saying that's what i think that was in right. there but yeah but but the audience doesn't know that there's something waiting for them at the end all they know is they're watching this movie that's a slasher film uh so there's sex but no nudity uh, it's a slasher, but there's no gore. It's a horror movie, but it's not scary. Uh, so it's almost like you feel like the movie isn't even trying, you know? Uh, the movie is fucking with you the entire time, and that's why it's called April Fool's Day. But it's not enjoyable, is the problem. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's still a movie. It's supposed to entertain you. Now, I think it entertains more on the back end. Uh, like from the nostalgic point of view, but like I'm thinking of this as as if I saw it when it came out, and and I would have been pissed, and and people were, uh, and I was, and yeah, I, I wanted, really, I, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah, I wanted big to say time. this, big, big time, time. Uh, because this was a slasher movie in the in the uh, in the golden age of slashers, the height of its popularity. Uh, now I became a horror fan at a young age. You know, I turned. 10 in 1987 and you know slashers weren't like were still kind of a thing at the time but anyway i got into horror around that time and i remember growing up in my tweens and and teen years there were three movies that everyone was that loved horror were like these three movies are fucking garbage they're terrible they're the worst uh and one of them was april fool's day uh and one of them was friday 13th part five a new beginning mm-hmm I, did. Yeah. I I know John Wayne. I knew your I man. Know. I, I know. But, but right. that was another one. And you're not no gonna comment. like the, you're not gonna like the next one either. Uh, Halloween three, season of the witch. Those were the three yeah. that uh, that everyone yeah. that you right. See, Tom remembers. Fuck Those are the three. Fuck everyone. Well, no, but that was <laughs> the three where everyone was like, "Fuck these movies that are the worst. Just don't even bother." And it was because you know Friday Thirteenth Five doesn't have Jason. Halloween three doesn't have Michael Myers. April Fool's Day. It's, it's, you know, because, well, let's just say it, in the end, it turns out that it was all bullshit, that it was all bullshit, and we'll, we'll explain more, uh, but this is the thing, like, everyone was so fucking pissed about this, uh, that they thought they were getting the slasher movie, and they're getting, as Tom said, the movie's just fucking with you, uh, it's, it's not yeah. actually what it is, time. yeah. And it was it marketed horribly. It was oh, marketed yeah. as a slasher movie. Um, well, that's how they would market- get people just to fill the seats, though. Like, of, right. So it was marketed wisely. I mean, how else were they going to market it? Does be like, you know, hey, it's a a, a, a spoof of a slasher movie because it's not really a spoof either. So how else would they market it, really? You know. Yeah, but there's a bait and switch when it comes to marketing, where sometimes you get in there and you go see a movie, you think it's going to be one thing, and it's another thing. That you're like, you get pissed at the movie because you're thinking, you're expecting something else. Right. And I think that's what happened with this one. And I think that's why it was reviled originally by 
horror fans. And then once it hit home video, it was kind of fun. Like it was, it was a little more respected. And I think it wasn't until way later that it became a cult classic. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it is now. I don't know what it's considered now. I think now it's just nostalgia. Yeah, but uh, but um, I, I would say like much like Halloween three that it is a considered like a cult classic now too because so many people have that nostalgia factor and a lot of people including John Wayne would argue with me but that Halloween three I think is popular again more from nostalgia as opposed to it being a good movie um, people yeah. love it now but they hated it back then because not only did it have Nike Myers but it's just it's just not a good movie it just isn't it's not scary yeah. it's just not a good horror movie. Uh, but nostalgia really brings people back to it, including myself, and, and appreciating it for that. And and the aesthetic, like the 80s horror aesthetic that it has. And it's the same thing with April Fool's Day, where you're yeah. you're drawn in by like, oh man, like that, that nostalgic feeling to, to, to like, even though I'm watching it again this the other night, I was like, this is this is really boring. Um, I still appreciated it and still kind of liked it for that aesthetic that it has. Yeah. You mentioned Friday the 13th part five. Um, yes. That's the first Friday the 13th I saw in the theater. You know, I was, uh, you know, I'm old. So I, I watched a lot of these on video. Um, the Friday the 13th movies when we were nine, 10, 11 were the ones that you would get without your parents knowing and watch them. Yeah. But Friday the uh, 13th part five was the first one I could actually go to the theater. And I was 14, 13, 14 when it came out in the theater. And it was such an event. Like yeah. it was back when a movie was an event. I remember a packed house. It was like uh, the, our local in Bergenfield, New Jersey, our local theater, single house. So like a single house theater, not like a 10 plex or anything, single house, um, old school design. And literally people brought toilet paper and were throwing toilet paper oh, across wow. the thing. And every kill was like, yeah, kill, you know, 14 year old kids. The entire, I don't even know how we got in, but nobody mm-hmm. gave it, gave a shit about no one. Back 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 then. Then. No. no one. And yeah. so we, we were, it was like an entire theater filled of 14 to 18 year old kids. Oh, that's awesome. And it was like a, it was an event, you know, yeah, like it was a yeah. full event. People, toilet paper. I just remember, toilet paper getting thrown around at the end of it. Everyone was like, wait, it's not Jason, but nobody cared. Nobody yeah. cared. We were all yeah. like, we got kills. We got, you know, a, a fun movie and, um, you know, Roy is the killer. It doesn't matter. We just yeah. enjoyed it. The next yeah. day we were like, wait, Jason wasn't in that. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. Like, Dawned on you later. <laughs> yeah. That movie was absolutely. And then, went, and then went to see part six in the theater and it's like lightning rod jason's alive and you're like yep. all right jason's yep. alive we're back <laughs> you know? and they and they very explicitly put it on the poster jason lives much yeah. like with yeah. halloween four where it was the return yeah. of michael myers they're letting yeah. you know because so many people were pissed that the movies yep. preceding them did not have those characters yeah right um okay guys so let's just go ahead and talk about the ending we'll talk about some of the other stuff in the movie but the thing about April Fool's Day is that throughout the whole movie, you know, these people are getting picked off one by one and you never see them again. And it comes down to the couple, uh, Kit, played by the lovely Amy Steele, and her on again, off again boyfriend, Rob, who kind of looks like Rob Lowe. So it's kind of a perfect name for him. Uh, they're, the, they're the last ones left and they're convinced that Muffy or Buffy, her evil twin, Buffy. are uh, is, is the killer. Yeah, they uh, really pull the old twin in the crawl space. Uh... They there. do. So. Yeah, there's there's many red herrings throughout the movie, so you got to give them credit for that. They really kind of try to keep you on your toes. Uh, but it turns out, um, like, 
Kit runs through a door, and then everybody who you assumed was dead that you saw, like, about to be killed, they're all just hanging out in this in this living room, and they all just kind of laugh, and you realize it's all a big prank. Uh, and well, the, they do leave you hanging for a second, because she runs in there, yes. and no one's talking to her. Like, that was just like, I thought, I was like, what the fuck is this? Is this another fucking thing? And the mm. chick's with the knife, and then everyone's like, aha, we got you. So, right. Like, no, yeah, yeah. I, I was just giving a quick rundown of like what the ending is, and what it turns out is that Muffy uh, has planned to turn this place into a like whodunit, like mystery interactive theater type of thing, uh, and she wanted to test run it on of her friends, uh, but of course, Kit didn't fucking know this, and she's like, "Real fucking funny, you guys," you know, uh, and so it's like. Anyway, we'll we'll get into all these scenes, uh, uh, but basically the ending of April Fool's Day is that it was all a prank. So no one, including the guy on the boat uh, who was also in on it, the guy who got his face fucked up, everyone was in on it. It's all a big prank. So the, the, the body count of this quote unquote slasher is zero. Uh, <laughs> fucking no one dies. Uh, so anyway, I just wanted to say, let's just, because we've been hinting at it, let's just let our listeners know that now. Uh, so go ahead. You, Tom, you look like you were going to say uh, something. I think Amy Steele's performance is so great because she, she walks into that room at the end, you know, Buffy is chasing her with the knife, jumps up on the table, which is an iconic moment. And then she goes through the door and they're all sitting there in this weird kind of like David Lynchian quiet they're all yeah, just talking yeah. and no one is acknowledging that she even walked in and the look on her face where she's like turning and going like Amy still was great. Amy still was yeah. great in Friday the 13th part two. Like she yeah, was great in that. She's a great, role. great scream queen. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and then in this one, she's the final girl again in a mm -hmm. lot of ways. So it's, it's great. And then just her look like her look of, what the fuck is going on mm -hmm. is the same look I think I had when I was 15 watching this going, mm -hmm. what the fuck is going on? Why is, the, why are they just kind of sitting there? And then they're like, ah, April fool's day. And yeah, then yeah. the last act is completely just exposition. It's mm -hmm. all exposition yep. of, uh, you know, I'm planning a, you know, a resort where people come and do, uh, like it's an, it's an escape room. Like, it's like the first escape room. Right, yeah, it's, it's kind of like that, or kind of like one of those, like, mystery trains where you go on, is someone on this train? Is, no, never mind. Uh, but no, you could, but no, really, like, Secrets, they have these I things. appreciate that you brought that joke back. Okay. I thought it was funny. Did you <laughs> but they, laugh? Again. Yeah, but they, but they, but they have those things where it's like, uh, like a mystery play that, that, that you can buy tickets to, but you're of course, one of the yeah. people in it. They have those yeah. types of things. And, and so it's, you a role and all that shit. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, and so it's like kind of like that. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Um, uh, so that's what she's trying to set up. But the funny thing is, is, it's like, well, wait a minute. Like, how many of these people were in on it and how many weren't? And apparently it was kind of like the way it's presented is that, like, whenever someone was, was quote, unquote, picked off, whenever someone was killed, then they were brought in on the joke. Uh, so it's not yep. like they it's not like they singled out Kit and we're all like, let's fuck with Kit and let's just ruin her day. Uh, it was kind of like the, as you got killed, you got brought in on the joke. And to me, that's the astounding thing. Like, why was no one pissed off and be like, oh, my God, you terrified me. I thought my friends were dead. I thought I was going to die. Fuck you, Muffy. I'm going to go tell everyone. No one did that. Like, we, no one at all. Like, out of the whole group, they're all like, oh, I would have yeah. the joke. If one person had done that, it would have it would have brought down the whole house of cards. If one person had done that, it would have brought yeah, down the whole house. Yeah. 
and then there's yeah. no and then there's no movie yeah so yeah uh but uh yeah well, they that... were good they were good sports that's what it was okay well here's here's my thing with it guys is uh here's where i thought they could have made this movie better you have that twist you have the twist that muffy is doing this setting up this place for a murder mystery place but kit and rob they get to a point where they uh they, they where they're freaking out and thinking like they're going to get killed and so they actually fight back and actually kill her uh, like in like really murder her, thinking they're defending themselves. Then the door opens and all the friends are like standing there, and she's like, "What the fuck? I thought you guys were all dead." That would have been better to me. It was like as a result of this prank, someone actually gets fucking killed. That would have been a better twist to me. Yeah, no, where my mind went also, Chris, with that was like when she does come through and they're all like, haha, it's a prank. And she's like, really good guys. What the fuck? Like homeboy's still in the back room. Like, I love yeah. you. I yeah, yeah. love you. Banging. Like, and I, I was like, oh shit, this is, I, I expected him to break the door down, run out there and just start fucking right. ki killing people. And, that like, been perfect. and then they had been like, stop, stop. Like, that's what I really thought was going to happen. But no. and that, yeah. And that's, that's what should have happened. It would have made it better. And they had another red herring too with Hal having a gun. Like Hal brought yes. a gun. Yes. It looked like Which, that was gonna be that, yeah, that ending that you're talking about where yeah. Hal shot some But that goes nowhere. Yeah. It's it's that just kind of funny that he's Hal is a twenty year old man who who packs heat when he goes on a on a, a trip to go to a friend's a 30, house. A Thirty-eight special. Well, you know, yeah. he was Southern, so yeah. Was, he was. Um, you know, and, yeah, that goes nowhere. That gun never even gets that, that gun never even gets fired. No, never. And, and that's the and that's the ultimate that's the ultimate sin in storytelling. If you introduce a, a gun in Act One, it needs to go off by Act Check. Three. That's a that's a general Check. rule. Chekhov's gun, Chekhov's right. gun, which is again the movie subverting those tropes. So you but could look at it as shitty, but that's not a trope. That's not a trope. No, that's not it's a, a rule. That's, that's a general rule of storytelling. That's not a trope. It's a rule of storytelling and that you don't introduce. It. Uh, no, that's that's not no. hurting. That's 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 failing. Is what that is. You don't yeah, introduce it, a gun in anything unless it's going to be used. It doesn't make any sense. You know, it uh, was a not, little weak that there. It's not. Clever. It was a little weak that. It was a little weak that it, they explained it away in that last monologue by uh, uh, Mafi, where she's like, "Well, we got a little. Uh, we got a couple bugs to work out. Like like how bringing a gun. You know, right. like snake in the woods. Just yeah, yeah, the snake in the woods is another yeah. one. Yeah." Yeah, and that and that's the other thing. It's like Muffy, uh, when she invites people to this thing later, when she opens this as a business, they're all going to know that they're in on this. They're all going to know mm -hmm. it's a game. All of her friends in this case do not know. And it's like, why would you run a test on your friends uh, for this for this thing that you're setting up in a totally different way? Uh, with this, you're not telling anyone that they that that's not real. When everyone who comes to your your thing down the road, it will know. So it kind of seems utterly, totally ridiculous. Um, yeah. But again, it's it's and a movie. It, but uh, any, it would have been a much better twist if, uh, as as a as a result of this whole of these shenanigans, that someone like John Wayne said, Rob, the boyfriend, or Kit, Amy Steele, like or anyone, just like flipping out and just and thinking that they're defending themselves and starts killing motherfuckers. That would have been better. There was a different third act. Yeah. Um, after the after the reveal that it was fake, there was a different third act. Were you gonna get into that, Chris? Do you want to? 
No, you, you, you can talk about that. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that yeah. the, the third act, too, because it's really not until the third act that it even starts to feel like a horror movie at all. Uh, and you know it's it's night and they're like oh the evil twin and they're and they're like Kit and Rob are like running and through the dark and like it, it starts to feel like a horror movie but it's not until like the hour mark that it starts to even feel like a horror movie at all. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, but go ahead, tell us what the alternate uh, version was. It's it's kind of stupid actually. It was after uh, the reveal. So the oh. reveal was going to be the same, and no, then it was going to be full day was stupid. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so then Skip was supposed to come back after after the reveal and after they party. Skip was supposed to come back and actually kill Muffy mm. uh, for the inheritance of the house and the property. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, because the, the, the final scene is basically like she opens, she's drunk and she's Muffy's op- uh, drunk and she's opening the Jack in the Box. And then Nan jumps out and cuts her throat, and then that's a prank also. But yeah, Skip yeah. was supposed to come back and kill her and think he actually killed her and then uh, realize it was a fake knife and didn't kill her. And that's actually supposedly in the novelization. <laughs> yeah, it just gets stupider and stupider. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually had a note while I was watching it, uh, and I actually wrote this down. I wrote... Uh, movie is more boring than I remember. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was actually in there. Uh, and again, like you have to take this, you have to all take it into consideration that uh, when this movie came out, uh, the craze of the time, and also, as Tom said, like at the time, people were like, wow, I didn't see that coming. You know, so like the twist was more of a twist uh, then than I think it would, it comes off as now. Um, and also, me watching it now, I've seen it before. Uh, I know what's coming, and I think knowing what's coming doesn't improve the movie. It's not one of those things where, like, where you find out a twist ending in a movie, and then you, when you watch it again, you're like, "Oh my god, I didn't see that!" Like, like it's kind of entertaining again. Uh, no, now mm. that you know the twist, this isn't the case with April Fool's Day. You're kind of just bored by it. It's very boring on on another viewing. Yeah, I agree with that. Even yeah. though I smile nostalgically, I agree with you. It's like I know mm-hmm. what's coming. Yeah. So and, you know, and it's just it not. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, it doesn't really satisfy. Uh, uh, <clears throat> and in some ways, doesn't track. Like it doesn't track in some ways because yeah. they're showing you scenes with Skip, but Skip was kind of in on it from the beginning in a lot of ways. We were seeing this yeah. these scenes with him where he's drinking and you know, goes into the boathouse and it's like, well, no, he's already kind of in on it a little bit. Right. Right. So it, it gets a little, yeah, it gets a little blurry. They, they kind of mm-hmm. rob Peter to pay Paul to make it all make a sense, make a sense in the end. I don't know why I'd all Mario, but <laughs> there's one part uh, that I did, that I did find really amusing though, is Chaz and uh, Nikki, uh, who are the, the sexually, act- sexually active couple in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least, you know, with each other. Uh, there's a scene where they're kind of have an argument. She wants to leave, and there's like these sex toys and 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 leather masks and stuff in the room. And Chaz uh-huh. like Chaz like puts one of them on and is like joking around with her. And I wrote, "Don't put on other people's sex masks." Are you kidding? <laughs> like if you're 
right? Like, guys, if you're like staying at a place and there's sex toys, are you going to even go anywhere near them? Like, you like, know who wore that before you? Right? You don't want to deal you with don't know what, what was done when you know there was what was on the inside of that mask. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, he puts on the fucking leather gimp mask. Like, dude, 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 dude. I'm like, dude, that would be the last thing it, in this room I would touch. It, yeah. It's like the closest thing to gore in the movie. It's literally he has his hands covering his crotch. Oh, yeah. And then right, he yep. pulls his hands away. There's like there's one a little pool blood. of blood. Right, yeah, right, right. Yeah, where you're made to believe that he's been castrated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, anything else we wanted to say about April Fool's Day before we give it star rating? Can I give a, can I give a couple you're, more of these You need to stop uh, asking tidbits? permission. You need to stop saying, yeah. can I? Can I so, just do it. All right, just so fuck you, Chris. I'm going to give some more <laughs> tidbits. That's what, like, that's, what like, that's what we like. Yeah, all this shit is from IMDb, so anyone can look yeah. it up. At the, at, so Griffin O'Neill, who played Skip, mm-hmm. uh, he's the one who does the prank at the beginning at the on the ferry, where they basically uh, Biff throws a knife at him and it goes into his stomach. He falls into the water. Uh, this is a weird one. Griffin O'Neill's Skip character is blamed for a prank turned accident that leaves a ferryman disfigured. In a bizarre case of life imitating art, O'Neill was indicted on manslaughter charges the following year for a drug induced boating mishap no that resulted shit. in the death. Yes, that resulted in the death of Francis Ford Coppola's son, Giancarlo Coppola. Wow. Yeah. Exactly, wow. Right? <laughs> that is crazy. That movie is haunted. Now that's why I remember when Francis Ford Coppola's son died. I didn't know it was literally Skip in a prank in a boat and in a a, on a boat. On top of that, Jesus shouldn't be on a boat. Wow! All right, a couple more. The film's French title was called. uh, It's called um, "Weekend de Terror." Which stands for Weekend uh, of Terror. terror. And yeah. in Germany, it was titled The Horror Party, which is also like misrepresented. And this one, Chris, uh, you guys will both like. Linnea Quigley was originally cast as Muffy Buffy St. John, but she had to turn huh. down the role due to scheduling conflicts with Return of the Living Dead. Huh. A wise choice on her yeah. behalf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a much better movie. <laughs> Infinitely better movie. That's actually my right. favorite zombie movie of all time. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. She did a. She did a. Yeah, interesting. That's a good choice on, on her. Yeah, yeah agreed. Yeah. So that's all. I got. That's all I got. Chris. Okay. Okay. Uh, so let's give star ratings then. Uh, one being the worst, five being the best. Tom, what do you give April Fool's Day? Oh, can can we please not do me first? Can we please go to John? Because I am dying to know what John Wayne really feels about this. Okay, well, you're our guest, so John Wayne, what do you what? Give it a star rating. What's your star rating for? I, I, I mean, I think that's interesting because I think I told you what I really think about it up front, and I think that it really now everyone that heard me say that now knows what I mean. This is like getting a hand job. Right. I can jerk <laughs> myself off, but if you're gonna do it, make sure I come before I go soft. Mm-hmm. That and that's what this movie is. Yeah. It's a one one point five so, in my book. One point five. That. Uh, okay. The hand job is a one point five, or just the movie is a one point five. As a hand job, the hand job is an analogy uh, I like to use for this movie. Automatically, I I don't know. Uh, Yeah, that. But that's what I think. I'm I'm giving it a one point five, but it is like it's the whole time. Like it's it's just really 
Oh man, this, I mean, I know that I'm, I didn't spit in my hand first, but we're going to get somewhere. Don't worry. You know? And you're like, I know, baby, I know. And then you get to the point where you're like, oh man, you're just going to keep doing this. Well, all right, yeah. let's go. And then it just never really does pay off. And when it, even when it's over, it's still like, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Okay. I so. guess I want to know what you think of the, of the trick ending, you know, like, again, this is before, usual suspects before any M night Shyamalan movies. Like, what do you think of it? Did you see it coming? Did you, um, did you hate it when it happened? Did you like, Oh, okay. That's clever. Did you like, how did you feel about the trick ending? Uh, mixed them. I mean, I, I, I like a good trick ending. I like, a, I like a good twilight zone twist. I, I love all that kind of shit. This one, uh, it wasn't as satisfying because to me it's just like all right like we didn't see this coming everything's been a joke in this movie so fuck far so that's why i like rolled my eyes earlier when it was like oh the ending is such a fucking <laughs> but like the only thing that gave me pause was the pause when she runs in and no one talks to her and no one acknowledges her and mm. i was like is everyone dead is that what the twist is is this sixth sense and everyone's sixth sensed right now like that was yeah. the only thing that threw me in the entire movie. Everything else, I was like, "We're gonna get to the fireworks factory." Yeah. Uh, but like, but like Chris said, like it's kind, it is kind of boring. There are boring parts in this movie that lag a little bit. Where you're like, "All right, all right, let's go, come on." Yeah. Uh, but like, it is that I, 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 I just think that this was a good idea in in some sense of people that were writing this movie. You know, would be a good fucking idea. People want a slasher, we'll give them a slasher, but then we won't, we'll really give them a slasher. No, 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 no. We'll tell them we're out front April Fool's Day and we'll play jokes the whole time. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to be great. And then they made Isn't it and they're like, they're like, clever? ah, shit. Ah, uh, shit. Yeah, it, it's clever, but I don't, I mean, I think it could have been pulled off better. I don't know. Mm, Maybe yeah. it's just something, something, uh, there's something like a genesequa. Something's missing mm, that, that mm. it could have really been pulled off. Maybe it's maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm jaded, Chris. I don't know. What do you think? Am I stupid? Well, well yes. Yeah. So, well, uh, let me let me ask you that. So, like, if you were watching this when, like, obviously you're watching it now when you're more um, educated on horror movies and everything else. Like, if you watch it when you were 11 or 10 when it came out uh, in the middle of a slasher. Uh, would it be clever or would it just be like this fucking boring and I want to see gore? I don't know. Maybe a little from column A, a little column B. Yeah, because, right. <laughs> because you get to the end and, and like as a 10 year old, you may be like you're waiting for a boob. Of course. Number one, <laughs> maybe <laughs> before it's, it's right there with the blood and you're not getting either of that. And you get to the end and you're like, oh, oh, it was a joke. Yeah. And maybe yeah. it's at least something that you can hold over your friends, like in the playground, where they're like, "You saw April Fool's Day? Oh, bro, it's got the e I can't even <laughs> say it. I can't even. Say it. It's well, your mind. Like it's maybe yeah. one of those kind of movies. But well, I didn't this see it when is... I was ten, so I can only guess. Well, this this is where I I want to say uh, that your hand job analogy goes even further to being perfect because when you're say twelve or thirteen. A hand job is amazing, right? Getting a hand job from a girl at that age, it's incredible. Or a guy. Or, or whatever. <laughs> Getting a hand whatever. job is amazing when you're at that age. But, you know, once you've been Even having sex, 
yeah. Well, that's not a hand. <laughs> um, but 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 no. Like when you get your My first hand says differently, but that's fine. Okay. Well, <laughs> when you get when you get when you get a hand job, and it's like the first time a girl's ever touched you there, it's incredible. Uh, but mm-hmm. when uh, but then when you're older and you've had actual sex, a hand job is like, can we just skip this? You know, like it's not as amazing. And that's kind of April Fool's Day in a nutshell, uh, because. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's maybe when Tom first saw it, it was kind of mind blowing. When I first saw it, I, I it was not. Uh, and I mean, I think I was, I don't know, uh, late teens, early twenties when I saw it and I was like, yeah, whatever. Uh, and John Wayne, you, you just saw it just for the first time, just the other and day. And I've had sex a bunch of times. Yeah. you at least, <laughs> at least five. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, coming. but, but you see what I'm saying? I was like, I think that yeah. your analogy goes even I, further. It's in, yeah. in going it's that so way. perfect. I, I like, I like the way that you said that. Yeah, it is cool when you're 10 years old or 12 years old to get your dick touched by anybody except an uncle or something. Well, I was just going to say not anybody, yeah. but you know, uh, but, someone that yeah. you want to actually touch it. Yeah. Not that's the <laughs> guy hangs, who hangs out behind 7-Eleven. Consensual. Consensual. <laughs> no, you had a good, like that was a good, like actual, like tag onto that. It worked. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. yeah, that's what this movie was. It was just like, eh, eh. It, okay, it's so, amazing that you hit that analogy right from the beginning, the hand job analogy, because it really is so perfect. Yeah, it's such a perfect analogy. Right, well, enough of enough giving John Wayne a hand job yeah, about his get, hand job. Let's not yeah, start. Of... Let's not start whipping each other's precious out right right now. Dude. All right, so John Wayne, you gave it one and a half stars. Tom, yeah. what do you give it, or do you want me to say first what I think? Uh, I I can I oh man, nostalgically, it's a four. Uh, watching it again, it's a two. That's very fair. That's very fair. Yeah. Um, Because that's kind of how I would have to rate it, too, in in that, like, uh, as an 80s movie, as an 80s throwback, it's definitely a four. Definitely. It's 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 great if that's what you're in the mood for. But as a horror movie, it's a one. Uh, as as it's a, it's a terrible horror movie. Um, it it offers no, and as a slasher movie, it's even less because it doesn't give you anything that slashers are supposed to give. It doesn't give you gore. It doesn't give you kills. It doesn't give you nudity. Uh, it 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 gives you a big fat nothing. It's a whoopee cushion. It's that's that's it's a whoopee cushion of a fucking movie. Uh, and and, and yeah, and it's as uh, as your wife Jen said when she saw it. It's just it's not scary. It's not scary at all. It's not scary. Uh, so overall, since, you know, considering that, yeah, it has that 80s throwback quality, but as, as a slasher and since it's the summer slashers, I gotta give it, um, you know, two stars tops, uh, overall, because if it was just rating it as a horror movie, it gets, it gets nothing. Uh, but, uh, because of the nostalgia and because I grew up watching 80s movies, it definitely, that helps it a lot. Uh, so I give it two stars. Yeah. You're tough, but fair, dude. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm surprised that I've been the harsher critic lately. Usually, I'm like, "Oh yeah, I like everything. That's cool." Five, but uh, you well, know, it's the lowest we've given anything so far. True. Yeah, it is. Like even even Madman, which is which is a a turd. Of but a those movie. kills are badass. Those though. those they, well, I wouldn't say they're badass. They're not they're like mutilator lever, but they're, but they're they're good. Uh, you know, like the 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 head getting chopped off with the the fucking um hood of the truck is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, or are you getting mixed? I think you're getting mixed up with Mutilator. Mutilator okay. has the badass kills. Mutilator yeah, yeah. has the badass Mutil- kills. Okay, Madman, Madman is the is the one that oh, was Mutilator. Yes, is the one with the okay. Yes, yeah. Mutilator I, I, has the kills in Mutilator make up she, for how 
boring. She backs the car into like a, that's mutilator. Like, yeah, that yeah. that one. Yeah. That one. The kills are awesome. Yeah, right yeah. Now I I give I give mutilator a much higher rating. Madman I give a lesser rating because Madman mm. just doesn't quite pop the way mutilator does uh, with the kills. But at least it has the kills, and at yeah. least it has that that wonderful hot tub scene. Uh, that we talked about. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, you know, so Mutilator, Mutilator feels, at least feels like a slasher movie. It has yeah. everything that a slasher movie is supposed to have. Um, whereas April Fool's Day doesn't have any, any of that. So, no. yeah. So, uh, uh, uh is, is the review <laughs> that Jen my wife and, and, and like I give too, but at the same time, it, it is one of those things where it, I think it is something that if you're going to, try to be a completist for slasher movies i think it absolutely should be in that list it's you know from that era it's part of that whole uh thing of 80 slashers you have to see it for fool's day if you're going to call yourself a slasher fan you have to yeah yeah for sure even if it subverts it you know which is part of its charm yeah um yeah you're right you know in a in a summer of slashers it's um it's definitely on the bottom because it just it just doesn't have the gore like overall it doesn't have the gore in the boobs yep. and that's the epitome of the slasher movie yeah you see like madman at least madman feels like a horror movie when you watch it april fool's day doesn't feel like a horror movie until the last like 20 minutes and then you learn that it was all a big fake out anyway and so. it, it not not overtly but just a little bit just a little bit thinks that it's a little bit more clever than it really is a little bit Mm, yeah yeah um that's a good that's a really good point and i think in 1986 it was clever and now not so much right yeah that's true that's a given perspective yeah i do want to say it's nowhere near the worst slasher movie no 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 you you should watch it watch it with your mom everybody well i mean that's father's day watch it with your mom kids watch with your 10 year old kids yeah you could Yeah. yeah yeah Uh, but no, it's definitely not the worst. I mean, like if you're talking about the worst, we're getting into like the last sum- slumber party, which we should definitely do uh, for this. Uh, that's probably the worst, but that's so bad that it, it's enjoyable. But then you have other slashers like Blood Lake, which is just so bad. It's just bad. I couldn't even make it through Blood Lake. Uh, it's that fucking bad. It's mind blowing how bad that movie is. I couldn't even sit through it. And you know me, I sit through fucking trash uh you know i'm like i'm like you're talking a guy who who's watched boarding house like 18 times and that movie is garbage and i love that movie um but yeah uh april fool's day is definitely not the worst not not by a long shot it's well made it's well acted the characters are likable uh so that carries it a lot uh so like it's at least fun for that uh i think we're helping you if you're going in if you're by saying if you're going in looking for a slash you're not really getting that but if you want just some 80s fun you're gonna get that in like in spades you're gonna get a ton of that so it still has its merits agreed and nikki is such an 80s chick nikki is so like wow like you know when 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 i was 15 and i grew up i wanted to marry nikki yeah i can't think (laughs) That's yeah, a great she, like Nikki is wow is what you know we should encapsulate this whole episode as. <laughs> Nikki, Nikki is wow. Hashtag, hashtag Nikki is wow. Oh, I I always liked Amy Steele, and as you can see, when I was writing on my list, I actually have a heart next to Amy Steele's name in my notes <laughs> because I just always liked uh, her. Always yeah. liked her from this and from Friday uh, Friday Part Two, 
I, I think she was a great screen queen, and much like Biff, like we didn't see enough of her. Yeah, she's such a honey. Yeah. yeah. Um, All right, gentlemen. Well, I guess that's a, I guess that's a show. Uh, and yeah. I just want to say, uh, prank April Fools. We haven't been recording. We got to start over. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Oh, yeah. uh... no, we have. Okay. This Tom, is all thanks. a dream. It's all this... <laughs> this is a dream. This is a dream to be on your guys' show. This is awesome. Oh, I, I'm, oh. I've had a blast doing this. It's it's a dream. I've been listening to you guys since the beginning. Thanks, I've known man. Chris for way too long, mm-hmm. and have been very close to him for a long time. Um, again, I mentioned he was he was in my wedding party, and uh, I support anything he does. And John Wayne, kind of by extension, the same thing. You hear that? We got his approval to do anything. <laughs> I know. I was going to say. So, like, you, you'll support us on our crime tirade across the country. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, Chris is one of those friends that I could literally call at two o'clock in the morning and be like, "Do you have any lie? Do you have a shovel? I need to bury a body." And Chris yeah. would be there. And Chris He's is like, "Who? Who is yeah. this?" No. <laughs> no, well, no. The thing is, you. You also know that I. You also know that I have those things on hand at all times, so I am the right guy to call. Yeah. At all times. <laughs> no, it's yeah, absolutely he's true. That oh. He's that guy. I love this man. Like he's uh, a brother to me, and uh, you know I love him for that, and we'll support anything he does. I love you too, buddy, and, and it's so good to have you on the show. Really is. Yeah, yeah, dude. I appreciate you being on. It was nice to VRL you and uh, and have you on here, dude. This is a this is a great time. What a time. Yeah. What a time. All right, guys. Thanks so much. And thanks, everyone out there for listening. If you've made it this far, we we tend to ramble on, but we have fun and we hope you did, too. Summer Slashers rolls on.